0: Good morning everyone, or good afternoon or good evening depending upon where you are on this rotating very warm globe tonight welcome to another edition Godsbu and the creek don't rise live on the other side of midnight welcome everyone and I know we keep getting new people when I do Georgia's show or I do a uh, quad show or uh, i'm I'm actually in in the process of talking with some folks at WABC in New York and I may in the next uh, week or two be doing that live which will not be of course on the weekend it will be on um, a weeknight maybe uh, Thursday or Friday we we will let you know we'll post something at the top of the homepage to let you know because again we are now in AD Uh, we have spent years, decades politically getting to this point where as you know nasa a few weeks ago actually on afternoon of the 31st of may of 2023 reversed a policy it has had in place for at least the last half century 50 years remember all the time we've been doing this work vis-a-vis ancient et artifacts in the solar system beginning on mars and then finding them on the moon And then finding on Mercury and amid the rings of Saturn and in the Saturnian moons and uh, in the uh, Jovian system, all the way out to Pluto, and all of this is documented. Just go go look for it. Google is your friend. Of course, they'll take your metadata, but they're still your friend because everybody is taking everybody's metadata. Uh, I did something the other day that I thought was totally private, and suddenly – You know, three different ads popped up uh, in my Yahoo uh, wanting to provide me with the same service. So, you know, they're looking at everything. The idea uh, that we have any privacy electronically is nuts. It's crazy. Anybody who thinks they live in that kind of world, they they have to start writing letters again, you know, with stamps, post office and mailbox. You know, it's really cool. And that will live a lot longer than all the electronic records, uh, which, of course, is how people like Thomas Jefferson and Washington and, uh, you know, Trotsky and all those guys got biographies written because they were copious corresponders in something that actually lasts a lot longer than digital media. Letters on paper with pen and ink. What a concept. Okay, before we get to tonight's subject, which actually knits together with all of my items listed, even number one. I live in the land of enchantment at about 6,500 feet. And for the last week, as Texas broiled and the news services touted the fact that in this last week, each day saw the record broken, for the hottest planetary year so far. And how do they know that? Well, it's called um, transponders, instrumentation, and satellites. So we can, we mean the uh, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, which has been called the WET NASA, which is in charge of weather and oceanography and all those cool research things. Anyway, NOAA has been monitoring the worldwide weather based on this global instantaneous network of sensors, thermometers. And yeah, for the last week, we have recorded the highest temperatures on Earth for 125,000 years. And based on current projections of CO2, and El Nino and those other mega planetary phenomenon, and the increase in carbon dioxide from artificial human sources in the atmosphere, that trend curve is only going to get worse, which, of course, has all kinds of tertiary implications for the economy, for food production, for supply chains, for energy production. Anyway, um... It's only affecting, I say only, around 100 million people right now. But in a few years, the projections are that something like 2 billion people out of 7 billion on the planet are going to experience disastrous uh, environmental temperature rises that are irreversible by any current known technology. So, tonight... I'm going to introduce you to an unknown technology which can really, really solve and permanently in a totally controllable fashion the problem if it's implemented and it only costs money. It doesn't cost anything other than money. Oh, and political will to make it happen. And uh, item number two is directly a part of it. Uh, Unknown in all the other news, which has been bombarding the mainstream, which is primarily uh, geopolitical, either domestically with Trump or internationally with Putin, the war and the mutiny. Um, This bit of news, item number two, kind of fell between the cracks. Virgin Galactic, remember Richard Branson, the billionaire, you know, behind the Virgin Airlines and Uh, the uh, uh, Virgin Galactic Space Adventures. He's not going into orbit. He's going up and down in what's called a suborbital hop, but he's doing it with a really cool spacecraft design. Unlike uh, Bezos, which I really can't, you know, uh, get fuzzy and cozy with. I think Branson has definitely got the edge because basically his spacecraft You know, flying to the edge of space above the 62 mile international marker um, is basically a mini shuttle. And what goes up comes down controllably and it lands on a runway and it's got lots of room inside. You know, if you click on that link, you'll see some really cool uh, interior images of the first tourists who took their flight last week and everything worked perfectly Uh, They've had a lot of problems at the Virgin Galactic, but they have solved them one by one. And this is definitely a doable, um, functioning spacecraft tourism corporation. The only question now is, will multimillionaires and billionaires get tired of simply going up and down and opt instead for a week uh, with Musk and SpaceX? Who, of course, are offering commercial orbital missions, including because of a deal they worked out with NASA, to both benefits, um, spending a week, give or take, on the space station, and doing useful things. Even if you are tourists, remember our our friend Sam as as in um, uh, the, the 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 near East. Um, Actually, you know, the Near East has been doing this for several years, going on maybe a decade, decade and a half, where during the uh, atmospherically conducive months, which is spring and fall, he gets basically paying tourists to come and play archaeologist for a week or two or whatever. And they get to contribute. They get bragging rights. He gets funding for additional research of the pyramids in Bosnia. And everybody is happy. This, of course, is the model that was being followed by those very, very bizarre people over at Ocean Gate with their uh, submersible diving on the Titanic, which we're going to go into tomorrow night as a crossover from tonight's discussion. Because, uh, well, we have some really interesting new information about the Titan. And believe me, it's going to... Curl your hair so you're not going to want to miss tomorrow night with my friend and colleague Chris Knowles as we talk about the intense, overwhelming, hyperdimensional symbolism encoded in the Titan's tragic demise. You do not want to miss tomorrow night's show, as my grandmother would say, God willing, and the Greek don't rise, and they keep the internet on for me. which sometimes is very problematic. Okay, item number three. We're talking tonight about the increasingly confirmable and documentable fact that we are not living in an average run-of-the-mill solar system governed by what the uh, post-Copernican astronomers have said for hundreds of years is the mediocrity principle the idea after we had been enthroned for thousands of years in the center of the universe, and then in the uh, uh, center of the solar system, and then in the center of the galaxy, and each one of those centerings was ultimately, as science moved on, dethroned. So we know that we live in a very average universe where galaxies look pretty much the same no matter where you look, no matter which direction. And in terms of our galaxy, the initial studies, you know, or so years ago, came to a breakthrough when uh, Shapley and Hubble determined scientifically that we actually live in the remote spiral arm of an average super interesting spiral galaxy, which is about two million light years away from another interesting spiral galaxy, kind of like a a bigger twin, the Andromeda galaxy. And that we're like two thirds of the way out from the core, from the center, something like 26,000 years from the center of the rotating Milky Way galaxy, which by the way, back in the twenties, were called by this incredibly lyrical name, which I wish they'd still maintained when it was first discovered that they were not little clumps of fuzz, in the Milky Way, but the other galaxies were literally as big as ours and millions of light years away, or tens of millions, or hundreds of millions, or billions as the uh, timescale expanded during the 20s and 30s and 40s through Earth-based astronomy. Well, in all of that universe, they call these galaxies island universes, which to me was such an incredibly evocative description of these vast spinning spirals, which contains so much ancient lore about the real universe that we inhabit. And it's nesting inside a set of higher non-visible dimensions, which of course is where the concept of hyper-dimensional physics occurs. So at each stage in the progression of science, the previous generations which sought to enthrone us in a special place um, have fallen by the wayside. And we've become average, average, more average, really average, super average, totally average, mindlessly average, and don't even bring it up anymore average. And then the revolution happened. Because if you read carefully the number three item, which is found on the NASA headquarters website. It turns out that out out of something like 5,000 extra solar systems that NASA has now tabulated, bringing together private and spacecraft data and government data and NASA telescope data all across the broad front of what's called exoplanetary research, exo applying to any planetary system, not here, not our own. It turns out out of something like 5,000 solar systems that we've now looked at over the last 20, 20, beginning about 1995, you do the math. Ours is the only one. Let me repeat that. Ours is the only one that looks like ours. It's not average. It's not mediocre. It's not run-of-the-mill. It's nothing like the pre-space age exoplanetary astronomy found from looking at real, heretofore never observable data since 1995. I mean, I remember, and Keith, of course, remembers this, when the first exoplanetary system, 51 Pegasi in the constellation of Pegasus was announced and Nightline, including Koppel, the crew, and Keith Morgan, went to Harvard, went to Boston, well, actually Cambridge, and did a live remote from the site of the Harvard classical refractor telescope, the Clark, I think it's a 13-inch refractor, I think. Anyway, it was being used live on the air that night, to showcase this idea of a little planetary system orbiting two stars found in the constellation of Pegasus. That was the beginning of the revolution. <clears throat> so in all that time, all those decades since, and now all these thousands of solar systems that have been tabulated, observed, reobserved by di- several different methods, shall so they hold up? Ours is the only one that looks like us. And, of course, instead of you know owning up to the fact that by any normal science, when you find in a very statistically large batch of examples, you've got one that does not fit, one that you can't cram into a round hole if it's a square, one that just is an anomaly, one that is such an incredible outlier that it's not replicated over thousands of other examples instead of turning to the obvious which is well if, it, if solar systems are natural and ours doesn't fit any of the other ones assuming that they're all natural which is a huge assumption by the way maybe our solar system is not natural. Maybe someone designed it. Shades of Arthur C. Clarke. Any sufficiently advanced technology, including a technology which can nullify inertia and gravity and move planets around like chopsticks, is indistinguishable from magic. And it does not require gods by any way, shape, or form to wield that power. Although, to be fair, they could, but that would put them in a whole different realm. And, of course, science works from the bottom up. So what I've been assuming for a very long time is I found more and more evidence within our unique solar system, which, again, remember, is not supposed to be unique. It's supposed to be average, mediocre, run-of-the-mill. It's not. Get used to it. My model was from early, early years, this now was decades ago, that if it walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, molts like a duck, floats like a duck. In other words, the solar system was designed. The only question now is by whom and when, and the really cool one, for what purpose? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, we are living in this AD environment where, after 50 years of denial, the world's premier space agency, which is NASA, made a stunning announcement in a very bureaucratic, candidate fashion uh, almost a month ago now. When they they held this four-hour meeting, public meeting, uh, on the NASA channel. And on their websites, and uh, it was excerpted on all the mainstream news outlets, because one of the key scientists involved in this now current NASA foray into the unidentified anomalous phenomenon, which they started looking at formally about a year ago. After a year, they held their preview meeting of what they were going to recommend to the NASA administrator. And their recommendation is going to include that, yes, NASA jumped first into the UFO slash UAP slash unidentified anomalous phenomena pond. The water is nice. It's a nice place to go swimming if you want to find breakthrough science. And under this new program office of unidentified anomalous phenomena, They're going to have a sub-office devoted to the search, the scientific search for extraterrestrial alien artifacts, all the solar system. We have come home, or NASA has come home. Anyway, the point is that politically tonight, this conversation that David and I are going to have about the unthinkable that the solar system is not just a random collection of objects that formed in some kind of <clears throat> interstellar nebula swirling around a, a star until it uh, coalesced into bodies, big ones far out, small ones close in. Instead of that model, NASA very carefully in the voice of Dr. Grinspoon, who was the scientist who enunciated this new policy at that meeting, he said that um, They were going to look at, I'm paraphrasing, anomalous phenomenon, artificial structures all across the solar system. Now, that's a very important distinction if you write, you know, for a living, which I do. Because they could have said on Mars or on the moon or on whatever. They could have pinned it down to a specific planetary location. But instead they included all across the solar system. Why? Because, this is the proof, they already know that we live in a remodeled designer solar system, and they even know which objects are natural and which are artificial and which have been kind of moved around. So item number four is kind of the Washingtonian Kabuki theater answer to the conundrum, how does NASA get out from under, having lied to the American people and the world for over 50 years about there being anything human-made, artificial, intelligently designed, alien, you know, out there that they could go to and point to and learn from and acknowledge what I've just said. So the actual evidence is in my items five, six, seven, and eight. And I'm going to save those for after David joins us because tonight we are very privileged to have a uh, co-researcher of extraordinarily important caliber, uh, David Sarita. And David is going to regale us with new data, new evidence, new research that he has done uh, that is supporting his other appearances on the show, his publications, his companies, which uh, deal directly in hyper-dimensional physics. Um, He is such a generalist. He has produced music. Uh, He has co-produced, edited, and scored films. He's written many books, such as Evidence, The Case for NASA UFOs, Singularity, Differentials, Face-to-Face with Jesus Christ, and jointly with his wife, Mona, Lisa's Little Secret, and God's Great Pyramid, to name just a few. So without further ado, uh, let me welcome back to the other side of midnight for what I promise you is going to be a hell of a show, David Sarita. David, come on down.
1: You're the only one who could do this, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) You're the only one. Well, that's you know, what spending. That's like spending, what you just said. That's spending.
0: That's so what spending. Forty the- years. See, they, I've only spent forty years doing the research. So then, when it independently is confirmed by someone like yourself, who has independently looked at this outrageous idea, but from a totally different perspective, and the two models overlap, they coincide, they confirm each other. That's what we got to talk about. That's why you're on the show tonight, because. Politically, we are only a whisker away from NASA in some elegant way, confirming everything we're going to talk about tonight.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. It, it, this, is, this is getting so exciting. <laughs> so for, for a recap, for the last time I was on your show, I talked about how this magic number 591 decodes the entire solar system, and the way I got this number – if you go to my item one tonight and you click on this model, which is mind blowing, my wife calls out my name, my deceased wife, who is has been deceased. This is actually interesting. When she called out my name, not only was it 591 days after she died, but that's 1.618 years after she died, which is the golden ratio, right? And yep. and I'm trying to figure out what does crystal mean. By calling out my name, Crystal Clear, I mean, I heard her voice absolutely clearly. And my wife, you know, did math like me. She she was very into astronomy and the solar system when she was alive. Our first big fight that almost ended our relationship was about black holes. <laughs> and you can't imagine, you know, dating a young woman and you're going to get in a fight about black holes and break up over it.
0: I think what- that's a record, David. I have not <laughs> I have not heard of that one before, no.
1: No, and and right in the beginning, you know. so that's how
0: you knew she was the one.
1: Right, and what do black holes do? They rip things apart. So,
0: Well, there's conduits between dimensions. Remember, Robin's last communication to me through a very different modality. Remember, now we have two examples of independent, you know, significant others who've gone on to the other dimension, but are somehow still be able to communicate back Crystal's doing it one way, Robin's doing it another way, but the messages overlap because her last major communication was literally in December, on December 22nd of the year she died, which was uh, uh, 2019, and it was literally at the winter solstice when we have the alignment of the earth, the sun, and the black hole at the center of the galaxy, which is the conduit the biggest one in our neighborhood, if you think of the galaxy as your neighborhood, Mr. Rogers. And so we got two overlapping independent confirmations of the same
2: damn stuff.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, that's I mean, the, win, the winter solstice is when I had the most powerful mystical experience of my life in like when I was like 26 years old. I, I was taken through the seven levels of heaven out of my body. Spectacular experience. And yet, I mean, so just to have that ability for you to know—it's like the movie um, Interstellar—to know when the message is being sent to you, and it's right in front of you in the in the plainest, simplest form, but it's so profound as you as you analyze it, right? Well, so- remember,
0: Robin and I got together again because of the physics. In fact, if you could look, and you'd see uh, sets of plates, dinner plates that she went out and found and bought that reflect the hyperdimensional geometry of the physics, 19.5 and all that. And the very day she moved between dimensions from this one to the next one was literally at dawn on the 3rd of March of 2019. And the dawn, of course, is when we measured in Mexico that the physics uh, daily Peak, So that a conduit is opened up and the third month of the year and the third day of the month was a 33 again, specifically by design, because after she died, I looked it up and she died exactly according to the nurses uh, records at the nurse's station because she was wired so they could tell when her heart stopped was exactly at 6.30 a.m., which in here in Albuquerque was exactly when the sun was on the horizon, which we measured as an incredibly energetic transfer moment at the Great Pyramids of Teotihuacan years and years before. So nothing about her death was accidental. And then over the years, she sent me affirming messages on a range of, of subjects that we looked at together. But the most profound was that Communication during the uh, winter solstice, when the supergalactic alignment every year lines up for a conduit.
1: Right, and 19.5 is 591 in reverse. Like if you put the number 195 in a in a mirror, it, you would see 591 on the other in the other mirror, which is which is even more. Oh, goofy. good grief!
0: Of course.
1: I'm just looking at it now. Oh I'm my god! I
0: didn't see it.
1: See, we are, we are, we are
0: so, so shrouded in this miasma we're embedded in, which we call reality, that even things that have stared us in the face for decades, if you look at them now, I mean, I look at things, and I find new stuff that I missed the first, second, 25th, 500 millionth time. And I think that it has incredible? to be... incredible? Say again?
1: It's incredible. It's 1905. Well, exactly. Course. It's the code,
0: folks, the hyper-dimensional code.
1: And what's amazing (laughs) is, you know, we talked about this last time, and now there's huge iconoclastic Hey, you know, if I'm
0: I'm not careful, I'm going to blow past the break at the bottom of the hour, so hold it there. My guest this morning is David Sarita. We're talking about more proof, more evidence, more stunning confirmation that we do live in a designer solar system. So get ready to think on a scale that I don't think a lot of people have allowed themselves to think of for a very long time. You're on the other side of midnight, my name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
2: The Other Side of Midnight.com
3: hey,
0: And welcome back everyone on this Saturday night, the July 8th edition of The Other Side of Midnight. My guest this morning is David Sarita, who is a generalist, a mathematical wizard, who can see patterns that, you know, when they kind of really unleash AI, I still think you're going to, you know, beat them hands down, because I'm going to bet on the human and not the machine, because the machine is still only a program. It's not truly artificially intelligent. Not yet. Anyway, David, please continue.
1: Well, first, I wanted to say for people who, who may have a hard time believing this, I mean, if you understand quantum entanglement and that, you know, I was with my wife 18 years, created children with her, made love to her over a thousand times. I, I don't know how many times. So you think, of, you think of the quantum entanglement between you and Robin and me and Crystal and your other half is suddenly not in this world. You're still entangled. To the energy part of that person, because the energy part of us, which is not the physical part of us, it, it, it's still in communication with us. So This is not impossible, what what we're demonstrating here. But it, it, it's utterly blowing my mind, because Richard just said 19.5, and I was looking at 591. <laughs> and you know what's amazing, Richard? My credit card... Yeah, I got, after Crystal died, my bank sent me my MasterCard, and I was making an online purchase, like, and I don't make very many online purchases, and it says enter your three-digit code, it was 591. And oh, now, come I, on. I have, I'll send Keith a picture of it, because I've now just... Well, oh, wait, 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 I just had another
0: thought. Remember the bizarre features we found at Jezero Crater on Mars, we've discussed many times on this show?
1: No, I'm not familiar with Jezero Crater.
0: Okay, Jezero Crater is where the uh, NASA folks, JPL, uh, launched and landed the uh, Perseverance rover uh, a couple years ago, in February, a couple years ago. And it's been prowling around ostensibly, you know, drilling and caching little titanium tubes of soil samples and rock samples for when a future mission an unmanned mission will come and collect them and return them to earth for laboratory analysis, all in the service to the ostensible documented public mission of perseverance, which was to land in a 30 mile wide crater that used to be home to an ancient lake, presumably lake, which could give rise to life. And therefore there would be sediments and residues and, geology and chemistry and all that that could be gathered by the Perseverance rover, packaged up for delivery back here on Earth, and then analyzed sometime in the 2030s here on Earth. And then NASA or ESSA or both would say, based on what they found, oh, there used to be at one time little tiny microbes that are now fossilized in the muds and, and the dried sediments at the bottom of the lake that's that's their mainstream model whereas in fact if you look at the nasa photography of jezero taken by the mars reconnaissance orbiter spacecraft which is orbiting mars has been since i think 2000 oh i forget when maybe 2008 i think that's when uh, or 9 it, it reached to mars <clears throat> you will see stunning evidence of ancient Sidonia scale pyramids all across the southern end of this 30 mile wide crater, including two sets of pyramids, one of which is the same scale and the same geometry as the uh, three uh, pyramids at Giza, which is really interesting. And I want to thank uh, Jonathan Womack for doing tonight's uh, banner. Want to go and take a look at that? His his imagination is right in sync with where the science is now. And then right next to them, David, there are three much larger Sidonia scale pyramids, which, as you know, are miles on a side compared to hundreds of feet for the ones at Giza on Earth. And those massive Sidonia pyramids are the mirror image of the of the um, pattern at Giza that we find here on Earth and of course we both know that that pattern courtesy Robert Bavell, on Earth corresponds to the critical belt stars of the constellation of Orion which in ancient Egyptian was Osiris opening up the whole Osirian family which includes Osiris his twin brother, Seth, Isis, the goddess Isis, which is identified with Sirius, the brightest star uh, as seen from Earth for many years. And what's so interesting is that the reversal, the mirror reversal of the two images of Orion's belt, one the way we see it and the one the way we don't see it, indicates to me some kind of mirroring in the physics of dimensions whereby when we were englobed in some kind of artificial bubble, the whole solar system as part of killing the experiment, killing the designer solar system, which was designed to enhance our consciousness between dimensions. Somebody did that on a scale witchering. And so the fact that Crystal sends her HD communication as a mirror image numerical reversal of 195 is A, perfectly extraordinary, and B, tells me that like Robin, she has one hell of a sense of humor.
1: And, and and now and you're also mentioning Mars here. And so that was when you take five, nine, one as an orbital period, right? So first what I did when it happened is I took the square root and then that wasn't it. And then I divided it by pi and that wasn't it. And I divided it by the golden ratio, which is the goddess harmony in the Greek, you know, Roman system. Harmony is the golden ratio. That's her. Simple, P-H-I. So when you divide 591 by the golden ratio long form, I mean, you know, to 10 digits, you get the exact sidereal days for Earth per year, 365.258. Holy uh, cow. And, and then, so, but, but what's, what's funny is when I do it again, I get Venus's orbital period 99.67% accurate, and then I do it again and i get this mysterious number which i finally figured out what it is and this number is going to blow everybody's mind tonight the number has an orbital period of 139.516 days and we're talking about earth days here which is also another designer mystery because if you calculate this in venus days if you count it in jupiter days the whole thing's going to turn to mush so this this the proof to a mathematician that this number 591 which is 19.5 in the mirror or you know floating on the surface of a lake if you wrote 195 <laughs> you would see 591 on the other side actually so yeah. if you wrote 9195 and put it in the mirror you're going to see 591 so the and, and this number 139.51 now this number is utterly astounding and what is iconoclastic that i just figured out you know since our last show This year, in 2023, if I count the number of days from January 1st to Jesus' Ascension Day, and the Ascension Day is for 40 days after his resurrection, he appeared to the apostles, showed them he was physical. not, Not Very important. This is a very important fact. He burned his image into the linen fibers in the Shroud of Turin, representing that his new body is higher frequency and therefore higher temperature than a human 98.6 degrees, because we can't burn our image until, you know, well,
0: wait, 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 the- wait, you're kind of conflating a bunch of things that people are not going to follow you on.
1: Right. <clears throat>
0: because the, uh, <clears throat> the, the shroud of Turin is claimed to be the burial shroud of, of the Christ. And a lot of experimentation has gone into trying to figure that scientifically, including, Back in the 80s, a really amazing team of very powerful guys from Los Alamos, which is just north of me here in New Mexico. And their conclusion was basically that no known current science could create this. It was some kind of radiation, three-dimensional singeing of the fibers, just the top fibers of the linen And the bottom fibers were screened, eclipsed, protected from whatever singed and changed the chemistry, uh, basically burned it slightly on those top fibers. And nothing that anybody could come up with in terms of fakery uh, could match the actual modern scientific results of the Shroud of Turin. And the whole radiocarbon thing turns out to have been a very carefully calculated red herring. To make most people say, oh, it's just a you know Middle Ages thing, when in fact the real science says it was created by an unknown technology, and it could be easily 2,000 years old as a remnant in 3D of a higher dimensional application of physics to Christ's body in that tomb in those three days.
1: Right. Now, so... Let's just just think about the the temperature that it would take to do that of his new body, or therefore the frequency, because the higher the frequency is the higher the temperature.
0: Well, but wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on! You're making a a, a a scientific fallacy. Just because something looks like it's burning doesn't mean it really is burning. What it means is the chemistry has been altered to mimic oxidation without maybe there being any temperature involved at all, at all.
1: Or, but the the witnesses to the tomb saw this blinding light. There were angelic beings that were sitting on top of the tomb that were not earthly. They were not ghosts, so it's not the same thing as seeing a ghost. And then we also, okay, I'm going to go to Gary Nolan's um, data, the Stanford um, physicist, who his data says that they have had U.S. military personnel get too close to these ET craft, and they received radiation burns. So just, just, just hold that thought a second. And then I was reading a story about his band saw a UFO land in upstate New York, and an ET came out, which sounds like he was wearing some type of helmet, And it was in the wintertime and the radiation from his body was melting the snow. Hmm. So so my, and then you also have the, the God of of Moses landing on top of the Sinai and telling Aaron and Moses to place markers around the mountain, because if common people crossed those markers, they would incinerate and, and die. But because, Aaron and Moses have their staff which would electrically ground a human skeleton to earth ground electrically they could withstand more radiation than the common person I've actually done tests on this I've actually tested this hypothesis with with a, a radiation meter and and a rod and and a radiation target and yes if you if you radiate a target that is not grounded it will heat up and it will incinerate but if you well actually, you can do
0: the same thing by putting aluminum foil in a microwave which right, is so about frequency and resonant frequency and all that so look let's let's not dwell a lot on okay, well, how how see, the shroud was produced because i think the shroud w- was the the image in the shroud was a side effect in in this in this model of beam me up scotty
4: okay so
1: it, where i'm going with this though is the number when i see the number 139 That number lines up to May 21st of this year, and Jesus' Ascension Day has slightly different dates for the Orthodox Church, and the Orthodox Church is the oldest church. The first church was actually Orthodox, and the Western Church's mid-date is May 21st. Well, that's exactly 139 days into the year.
0: Okay, you you, mentioned a number before that it was 40 days after... His resurrection, right? Yeah, so
1: 40 days after his resurrection. So when you
0: say it jiggles around a bit, does it ever become 39?
1: No, no. It, it's from January 1st, past Easter, past to the 40-day mark, it is 139 days this year.
0: Well, you said it varied.
1: No, each year, because Easter shifts, it varies slightly. Yes, it does.
0: So, But by how much?
1: Well, sometimes only by a few days. I'm looking at the chart right now. So, it, so
0: it covers 39.
1: It covers 39. Absolutely. And 39
0: is twice 19.5.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so where now, we're going. See, look,
0: signals out. are random. Uh, I'm sorry. Signals are redundant. Noise is random.
1: Okay. When did NASA date, this is on your items, the big conference that they just announced the that they were looking in the solar system
0: for yeah it, it was may it was may 31st it was wednesday right. afternoon may 31st yes,
1: what last year may 31st is exactly in the window of ascension day <laughs> and this year it's <laughs> only a few days out because this year the eastern yeah Earth but remember
0: last year is when they started the study
1: that's when they started the study yeah. so last year the Western churches celebrate May 26th and Eastern June 2nd. So you're right in the window. Yep, yep. The, the ascension... Well, remember, day, yep. these
0: guys can't go to the John without doing a ritual.
1: Now watch this about the 139 people. Now go to my item one, because what I'm saying is if I start with my magic number, 19.5 in reverse, 591 the Crystal gave me, I'm I'm just inside of Mars's current orbit. And what I'm saying is probably Mars used to be exactly at 591. And after the War in the Heavens, which Richard and I talked about... Well, wait,
0: time, wait, 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 wait. Van Flandern, years ago, published really good data which said that Mars and an unknown other big moon, kind of like Europa, used to orbit Planet 5. And then when Planet 5 blew up or in terms of our model was blown up in the war, the orbit of Mars suddenly was orbiting the sun all by itself, and it drifted from, you know, where it canonically belonged in David's math to where it is now, which is a little bit farther out. So right, so the original been- orbit of the big guy probably was exactly right on your reconstructed math.
1: 19.5 in the mirror, 591, yeah. and that's the number of days Crystal calls out my name. So if I divide by five, the golden ratio, the goddess Harmony, I come exactly to Earth, divided again by the golden ratio, and I come nearly exactly to Venus, I'm only out by a smidgen, 0.51. That coincides with Jesus' ascension. Now this is going to get even more mind-blowing. Before we get to planet Vulcan, which probably everybody's looking at on this big chart here, because that's another exciting new discovery. Guess what happens if I come to the magic number for the Eastern Orthodox Church for the day they celebrate Christmas, which is between January 6th and January 7th. Now, if I take January 7th minus 139 days, guess what date I come to? Mm-hmm. I come to August 21st. And that is the day that Jesus' physical birthday, physical birthday was in the Arantia book is the date of his birthday, which happens to be my birthday in this lifetime. Now, if I hang
0: on, take- hang on, hang on. Have another coincidence, which I don't think is. Hey, hey. Remember, my model, my, my meta model for everything going on is that movies, which is what, just won the Academy Award. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Right. All these things that we look at in the news, you know, the Trump stuff and the January, the you know, the January stuff and the, the 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 secret documents, the classified documents, and all of the you know, the the Putin stuff in Ukraine. Everything is part of this same upheaval in the physics, which is modulating all of this stuff except most of us are not up on the math so we can't follow the thread that connects this stuff in a higher level reality. And there are some amazing things like, for instance, did you know that Franklin Delano Roosevelt changed the election and the um, uh, swearing in ceremony day for the presidency of the United States back in the early 1930s? To what day? It used to be March. So you'd be elected in November, and then you'd have to hang on to the old president until March, until the inauguration of the new guy. And it was Roosevelt who moved it back to, wait for it, January 6th.
1: Which is?
0: Because?
1: Which is go ahead. Unbelievable what that date means. Because, because he was a
0: 33rd degree Mason.
1: And that's the day of the insurrection of the... Exactly.
0: But now, so- you, now you know what they were trying to do hyperdimensionally is kill the Republic with an insurrection on a crucial, symbolic, hyperdimensional date.
1: Which is the date that the first Christians celebrated Christmas, the, yep. January 6th. And Tesla dies on the night of the 7th going into the 8th. Right? Remember, you always have a window in these dates of three to five days. There's always a window, so watch what happens. So I take August 21st plus 139 days is January 7th. Now I'm going to add 139 days to January 7th, and guess what? I come to May 25th, which this year is the Eastern Orthodox Church Ascension Day. know? So do you know?
0: Do you know, do you, you know what else May 25th is? No. Oh. It is, the, it is the, the day, the month and the day exactly, when John Fitzgerald Kennedy in 1961 stood in front of the House with a joint session of Congress and announced human beings were going to the moon.
1: Holy cow! <laughs> so you form a triangle. Think of a triangle. May 25th. January 7th. See, in in the old Christian church, and I've researched all the Gnostic literature, every every manuscript I could ever get my hands on, after my blinding visions of Christ started in, in 1994 in Topanga, California. And so when you take this trinity of August 21st is his physical birthday, January 7th is when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him. That's what the old Orthodox Church says. That is not his physical birthday. That his, is his, his anointing. His spiritual birthday. birthday. His spiritual birthday. That's exactly how they describe it in the, in the oldest text. So January 6th, 7th, another 139 days is May 25th. So the question is, come back to our model, item one, is there a planet called heaven at the 139-day <laughs> period? Now, guess this gonna blow your mind even more. So, go on my chart. Go to my item five. Okay,
0: looking at five.
1: In meters, <laughs> the, in meters, the, the 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 height of the pyramid without its capstone is 139 meters. It's actually just a sliver short of 139 meters, but people call, round it off at 139 meters. And why? because if you look at the top of the pyramid which which even at the time of Christ would not have had its its supposed capstone and it would have it would have had a finished flat platform up there if you, because all the white limestone blocks were there at the time of Christ he refers to himself as the missing capstone that the builders rejected right he refers to himself as that but it's 139 meters tall, and it sits at 29.97, 299, 792, 458 north latitude with the decimal moved over, right? Which is, which is, which is you know, a version of the speed of light in metric, which varies very slightly, right? Everything has a wobble. Everything has a window. Even your 139 days has a window. So why, again, is the pyramid in metric coded with this number, So my item four is, is there a secret planet between Venus and Mercury? And when Jesus declares that he is the bright and morning star in the book of Revelation, which we normally refer to as the planet Venus, but could their planet exist because in this in this Fibonacci pattern, in this golden ratio pattern, starting with the number five ninety one we will see if we continue it past the one thirty nine we'll see two more We'll see the planet Mercury, so we'll come to Mercury's orbit, and that's accurate to like ninety eight percent right um because it, with our formula, 591 divided by the golden ratio, divided by the golden ratio, divided by the golden ratio, we'll come to the planet Mercury. Which experiment. is a fractal. Definition right. of We're, a fractal. Right, which is a fractal. And then we do it again, and we have 53.29. We do it again, we get 32.93. And we do it one more time, we get 20.35. And 20.35 happens to be... You're going to have to go to my item one, because you think of Spock and the planet Vulcan. Go to my (laughs) item six. And so, remember, the Greek model, if you click on my item six, you'll you'll come to a Wikipedia page on planet. And, of course, Spock is from planet Vulcan. And this planet, originally, when early French astronomers were looking at it in the end of the, you know, mid-19th century... They thought it might have been a sunspot, but it didn't match the period of the sun's rotation at the equator. It is this is another interesting fact, but I don't want to get I don't want to deviate too much right now. That it's about 25 days. It turns out, with all of their studies, Vulcan had a period of of 19 days and 17 hours, which is almost exactly 20 days. Now, my mathematical formula starting with the number 591 takes me to 20 20.35 days for Vulcan. So if if Vulcan wasn't real, why did the Romans name the the planet after a god who melts steel? Okay, hang
0: on, we're at the top of the hour. Top of the hour. My guess this morning is David Sarita we're going through some amazing confirmations in terms of Mathematics. I know some folks' eyes glaze over when math is introduced in a conversation. But if you want to follow the hyperdimensional threads, you can't. Because 195, 19.5, turns out to be the unifying glue, as we would expect, between dimensions. And this has extraordinary implications for what's going to happen next. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
4: Thirty-three cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com
0: back everyone on this Saturday night we're thinking the unthinkable what if there was really irrefutable and ultimately widely acknowledged scientifically replicable evidence that we live in a designer solar system the next question once you know you get past the oh my god that can't be true Think Arthur Clarke, any sufficiently advanced technology. And who is to say that we're going to meet guys that basically just, you know, use the same stupid stuff we're using, given that we've documented that a lot of real physics has been censored and kept from us by the inside, which is colloquially called, of course, the, uh, the deep state, which is more than one state. It's the state of the world And it's now falling apart in a very elegant fashion. Well, the bottom line is, if this is a designer solar system that was blasted apart, that someone attempted to smash, to ruin, to destroy, to deharmonize, one of the things that they might have done is to have destroyed objects, planets, or maybe artificial, hyperdimensional generators that were in those orbital positions that David has tracked and the reports of astronomers in the 1800s of seeing objects like Vulcan. Maybe they weren't really seeing something through the telescope, but they were seeing something in their own reincarnative experience Millions of years ago, before the war, when an object like Vulcan, harmoniously fitting in to the larger meta-pattern, still existed. David?
1: Well, see, Vulcan, the Greeks and the Romans, of course, they have different names, right? Jupiter and Zeus, the same, right? And, and Saturn is Kronos and Rhea which are which are the Titan gods and the parents of, of Zeus, and Jupiter and so when you look at the gods, like Venus is literally a goddess and, and, and Harmony is the goddess Harmony who is the symbol phi, golden ratio is the daughter, right, of of Venus and Mercury of course is the messenger god, Hermes and the And in the Christian system, you have angels that correspond. You have nine levels of the angelic kingdom, and you have nine nine spheres counting the sun if you don't count Pluto. That's where we get
0: seraphims and cherubims, etc.
1: So the fact that – exactly. So the fact that the Romans would name Vulcan a god of forging metals – and if you look at the temperature of mercury, it's not hot enough to melt metal because you can't melt steel until you... Well, it, it, it does melt lead, and I think there's some other alloys that it could... Yeah, because th- there's, like, bismuth you can melt. But when you get to Vulcan's you know proximity to the sun, you're going to be able to melt steel. So why would they name Vulcan a, a melter of metals, a god who, who forges weapons and staffs and rods out of metal if if there wasn't some mythological truth to this planet. Now, when the French astronomers discovered it, they actually determined its orbital period was not a sunspot. The question is, why did it get written off? Well, the, there were gravitational anomalies tugging on Mercury that could not be explained. They wrote it off as some sort of gravitational anomaly described in Einstein's work, but they didn't really... Confirm or disconfirm the French astronomer's discovery of Vulcan, and why does Vulcan fit with the golden ratio, starting with 591.19.5 in reverse, so perfectly? And why does Jesus' ascension, what I will call, could so imagine this? So, and when I when I did evidence the case for NASA UFOs, my my interest was in NASA's cameras that were specialized CCD cameras. With letters from the head of the astrochemistry branch, Joseph Nuth III, they, these cameras could see the near and far ultraviolet, where human human eyes don't see. Possible for physical objects like an entire planet to either um, go go to a higher dimension or to vibrate at a higher frequency, so that its energy still exists, but it doesn't. It's not optically visible to humans, but it's there. So when you when you consider the Fibonacci sequence of the, of all the planets I have in my item one, if you if you, and it's funny. My my little daughter was doing this funny thing in, in the swimming pool. She had this spongy ball and she throws it up in the air and she spins it. And I was trying to get a picture of it because all the water droplets look exactly like my item. Go to my Galactic Clock, um, my item eight, a and b, right? And 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 I'll go into this later on. This this Fibonacci spiral that you see in Galaxy Clock Phase Two, where I connect all my one second time nodes, is exactly the display of the droplets of water, and my daughter's, plant, you know, experiment that she started doing that would, would be what the order of the planets would look like in my item one from the top down, the sun being the circle in the middle, all the planets in their orbital periods would, would match a spiral like this. So what I'm saying is if I remove dots or planets from the order of the harmony of the golden ratio, the goddess harmony, then the, all the planets could change. Because they're all tugging on each other. to main, they're, they're all part of the same Fibonacci spiral system. So if I disturb one of them or get rid of a bunch of them or I, I knock Mars over, then the order starts to decay. And if you go to my item two, you can see the actual mass starting from the number 591 as the fulcrum, which is like the center of the teeter-totter. The number 5911195 in reverse acts as the perfect fulcrum Mm -hmm. to the Fibonacci ratio because when I multiply it by the golden ratio, I find all the other planets. And my accuracy doesn't fall apart until I hit Mars. Mars is completely out of order. I mean, it's it's sitting at 80. It's sitting at um, 80 something percent. Mars is 86% of its original position because right now its orbital period is 687 Earth days. Now notice that these are all Earth days. Again, very mysterious because if we weren't counting Earth days, this wouldn't look like this. But yet the planets and their orbital periods would follow the Fibonacci. Which Earth.
0: again is another direct refutation of the whole Copernican model that we're not the center of all this. In fact, we are. Because oh, we live in a designer solar system and it was designed for us. Well, technically, our great 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 grandmothers and we're the descendants. And and the real fight now between the in crowd and the out crowd, the in crowd thinks they're the direct lineal descendants that own all this stuff. It's theirs including the knowledge, the physics, the manipulation, the power, everything that they have the right to rule. Think fascists, think autocrats, think dictators, think all those people that think they're, you know, tin-plated delusions of godhood. Whereas the rest of us, we're also related, but we don't have any power to speak of because these guys are maintaining the edge they have by secreting away the information that would liberate everyone.
1: Exactly. And, and I've actually found that NASA was looking with, this, with a particular satellite that had instruments that could see invisible photons that we don't see optically with our eyes. And they found, to their astonishment, two... What look like you know how when planets form they form a, as a disk of dust and debris.
0: Well, that's the model I'm beginning that's to the model. strongly suspect that, that model is crap. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Right, but they're seeing two things like that between Venus and Mercury right now, and they say they shouldn't be there. These things. So what what I'm saying. Wait, wait,
0: wait. Run that by me again. Are there current observations of anomalous planetary size objects in those key orbital positions?
1: They they look like early vortices of debris to the camera that they're using, and I actually have this bookmark somewhere, uh, and I'll send it to you. Do you remember which missions? No, I'm, I'm gonna and I I was studying it, looking at the actual images, and i tr- trying to get a map of the exact positions.
0: Well, the only way see. you could see vortices would be if you could actually visualize the solar wind, which is kind of like dye in the stream, and there's there are set, one of those
1: satellites. There are a set so. of
0: spacecraft called Stereo. Literally, they have two spacecraft. Yeah,
1: I know Stereo. I know Stereo really well. And they yeah. take
0: Stereo images of the outer corona, and they found all kinds of really cool things. The newest uh, spacecraft, which, because it's looping and really close to the sun, called um, Parker, the Parker probe, uh, that has revealed stunning new information about the energetics Of the inner corona again if if the idea of spacing planets and moons which destroys some of the pattern it's very possible that new guys show up with a technology which can mimic in the physics the resonance pattern of the old planetary system but in fact they are artificial space stations Maybe up to and including with cloaking technology, so you're not going to see anything at the designated orbit. You'll right. just see kind of and like a very, ghost of the energy.
1: Right, and that's very important. So it's if, if one thirty nine. Again, the Great Pyramid is is, is approximately one hundred thirty nine meters to its current completion without the capstone. And that, that you, again, you see that number everywhere. I demonstrated how. Christmas Day August 21st and Jesus Ascension Day are all 139 days apart and that NASA held this conference in in alignment with Jesus' Ascension Day in in 2022 to perfect near perfection so the question is why do they do all this stuff just <laughs> such perfect perfect I mean do they am I one step behind them or Are we one step behind them D- do they know that these these orbital periods exist and in they're in, in their secret societies, would they hide it? Like the all-seeing eye on the capstone of, of the pyramid on the back of the US dollar, which is really the Pyramidian of the Washington Monument, because it's seventy two degrees, but still it's symbolic of what is they can see but what is hidden to the rest of us. Would would do they know where these points of... See, in a, in a mathematical formula, so if I use Einstein's formula, energy is equal to mass times the speed of light squared, can that mass vibrate at a higher frequency as a whole planet, or can it be quoked? I like the way you brought up that it's quoted Or two, in a Planck formula, energy is equal to Planck's constant times frequency. Now, Planck's constant, which is a quanta, um, allows, it allows something to be pure energy, pure mm-hmm. energy and not mass material. so, so when you, again, when you accelerate mass towards the speed of light, it becomes infinite, infinitely massive, but then it also becomes infinite, infinitely energetic in order for it to exist. Well that's yeah. what relativity says,
0: but we really haven't tested it. And we're going. I know.
1: And that's why Planck's formula, see, could a whole planet, what I'm saying is if you remove these planets in my item one, what we call the unknowns, Vulcan, and we remove Jesus' ascension day period planet, we remove them all, the Fibonacci chain falls apart. It goes out of order. It has, they're all bonded like a chain. So if I take an actual chain link chain and I spin it around and I take a picture of it, I will form a Fibonacci spiral from the outer band of the chain. Okay, if we look
0: at the designer solar system as an ancient consciousness machine designed to fine-tune consciousness in three dimensions in this laboratory or zoo or school or academy or whatever you want to think of as life on Earth. And then there was this huge war. And certain parts of the machine are taken out, deliberately destroyed, like, you know, sticking uh, something in in the gears of a finely tuned, you know, mega machine. The only way you could reconstruct the physics of the original would be to insert placeholders with the same energetics in those orbital dimensions to try to get the residents back.
1: Right, and again, in a Planck formula, all you need is an energy vortex. You don't need the physical material mass. You you can have the energy equivalent of it. Well, a- if you
0: have a technology which can synthesize the angular momentum effects of a spinning planet, uh, yeah. And, of course, that's there is a hyperdimensional torsion field technology, which we know our guys are using – not acknowledging, except you saw the stunning political breakthrough uh, a few weeks ago, where the news came out that the next iteration of the National Defense Authorization Act is going to carry a section devoted to unloosing secret ET alien disc flying saucer technology uh, among you know the mainstream from the super special access programs that are in the deep state, which have kept all this from mainstream acknowledgement or commercial application. So we're all about to learn that you can create hyperdimensional generators that can mimic a whole planet, but they don't have to be anything of the scale of a planet like the earth or Venus or Jupiter.
1: Or there could be a portal Energetic portal in those positions that takes you to a hyper-dimensional place or planet that exists at a higher dimension But in order for that Fibonacci chain is what I'm thinking, you know, when I watched My daughter do this silly experiment that is consistent with my galaxy clock model See again the war in heaven. So in Revelation 22 16 Jesus depicts himself as the bright and morning star. He doesn't say Venus But he he says the bright and morning star and again his ascension day planet 139 days is between venus and mercury so it would be visible in the night sky absolutely if if this interdimensional planet had the ability to uncloak itself at will it could have even solved the riddle of the of the star of bethlehem and or is it venus itself because in in the book of isaiah fourteen twelve, it says that Satan, Lucifer, is cast down from the height of the morning star. So that's the war in heaven in action, right? And 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 in Isaiah 14.12, saying that, which is even confirmed by the Apostle Luke in 10.18, that Satan fell from heaven to earth, there is a war going on in the heavens above. And their very, very powerful being was cast down here to raise... You know, to raise hell for a, for a period. Of <laughs> time.
3: You had to go there.
1: <laughs> okay. So that's your war in heaven in the Bible, referring to a planetary body that's near us. Then, and, and that's to say that if if you go back to the idea of the Death Star in Star Wars, could could you obliterate an entire planet in the war? So when you go. Again, to my item one. Well, the
0: way you do it is you basically deconstruct it. I mean, look at the technology that was used in the 9-11 World Trade Towers. They were literally molecularly disintegrated by a technology which obviously is operative somewhere under someone's control here on Earth.
1: Right. So, again, you take the number 591 times the golden ratio, we come to Ceres in the asteroid belt to, let me check my, my accuracy on series is 591 times the golden ratio, two times, I come to series 92% accurate. And that's phenomenal accuracy. And then you're in... Well,
0: all right, let's, let's stand back a minute. <clears throat> all of these numbers are not 100% accurate. And there are people, skeptics, to say, oh, your model falls apart. No. Think of a resonant system, and then think of someone trying to deliberately destroy it like taking a hammer to a fine right. Swiss watch. After you take the hammer to it, it ain't going to run very well and it won't keep very good time because things will have slid. If after the war, which was roughly uh, uh, 66 million years ago, things slid, we can actually use the sliding rate to reel back the clock to see when all of these numbers would have been 100%. In other words, before the war, when the system Well, you
1: that's what's interesting because because 591 divided by the golden ratio earth is at 99.999% 100%. So it and Venus is 99.67%, right? And Mercury's almost 98%. So there, but the Fibonacci numbers in the sequence, you know, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, your ratio is not 1 to 100% of the golden ratio. And measurements that I've taken even on spiraling plants and flowers is not 100% to the golden ratio either. They're, they're all within what you call tolerance. So it's a really good question. Again, if there was a war in the heavens, and the Bible says there is, right? Because Satan was cast
0: down, and many other texts agree.
1: Yeah, and the Greek texts agree. The the Greco Roman gods, the the Hindu Mahabharata, and the the Bhagavad Gita describe mm-hmm. on the earth and heaven that were thousands and thousands of years ago. So. Again, the idea of obliterate, like when you go to your asteroid belt numbers, because Ceres, you know, the the dwarf planet Ceres is sitting at 93.5, sorry, that's Jupiter, Ceres is 92% accurate to the midline perfection. And again, it's a question because again, in nature, I don't see 100% accuracy, even on a seashell, if I measure my Fibonacci spirals. Well, that's what we call noise. And well, noise our, always competes with resonance. But is nature slightly out because the planets are slightly out?
0: We live in a broken solar system.
1: Right. So then your nature... Your physics is not going to be 100%. Nature.
0: It's going to be a... It's it's it, it slid. It's just it called won't. entropy. It's entropy.
1: So your seashell spirals slide. Everything slides because of the gravitational... Uh, anomalies from from the war in the heavens so
0: well it's the, it's not gravitational it's hyperdimensional torsion field frequency vibrations
3: remember right.
0: gravity is a derivative it's not so primary. When you
1: come, this is another interesting number because when you come to the sun the sun has two orbital numbers it has it has uh, i'm just trying to find it here the sun um, spins at the equator, I think it's 25 days per year. And on the poles, I think it's something like 34. 33. Ding, 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 ding. Um, the sun is designed. It's been tweaked. Well, it's- guess what it is? It's, okay, 33 divided by 25. I just did it a second ago. I, I actually had it on the clock. It was a ratio of one. To 1.44 is what came up when i looked at this up on well that's again, not trivial that's not trivial at all that's what i mean no i'm trying to because 1.44 four is one-third of 432 right it it's it's a perfect harmonic remember number. the
0: biblical allusion to jerusalem this crystal city flying in space 144 cubits etc
1: etc 144,000... yeah
0: but, but that, that's a fractal. on
1: the pyramid I lost it here. I had it. I had it here a second ago. You'll find it. I've got so many. I've got so many windows open. Yeah, the ratio of the rotation, and this is from NASA's website, on its pole to the equator, is one to one point four four,
0: right? And that
1: that brings us.
0: Do you remember when 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 the the uh, director of national intelligence? uh, She's a woman. I forget her name. Um, appointed by the president. Um, everyone's talking in the military now about UAPs, right? TikTok, tic-tacs and UFOs and renamed UFO and all that. Well, they held a conference in Washington at the National Cathedral a few months ago, and they discussed, wait for it, 144 new UAP sightings.
1: Right right it's all ritual
0: it's all symbolic
1: it's all, it's all the the 144 now here it gets even more amazing because because um okay let's go to my because your item four i want to come back to in a minute which is the, the conference that nasa hosted because i was watching that but i want to come back to that in a minute so go to my item seven everybody which is kind of fun because it's it's the car from james bond goldfinger but it's in the new movie Scepter at the end, and you look at the license plate, and that is the original license plate on Goldfinger, <clears throat> which is 216A. Now, if I take middle A and on a 432, 432 music scale, in Michael E. Hill is our 432 buddy, and I drop one octave, it's divided by two, I get to 216A, <laughs> right? And again, 432 divided by three, which is which, which is called a major third in music, is 144. And again, that was the frequency that we sent the the signal out to a muamua was at 432 megahertz and 144 megahertz, right? Mm-hmm. So you see how deep. This this inside knowledge guess and so we come to
0: well remember Brookings, it, right. it it recommended from the 1950s that to get people prepared for this startling, stunning, shocking, absolutely catalytic reality, they had to have decades of preparation, and they recommended TV shows and books and novels and commercials and tentpole flicks and all that. So all of this stuff has been encoded in mass media for decades. And right. remember my friend Gene Roddenberry's famous quote when I showed him Sidonia, and he looked at me after a whole afternoon spent looking at all the Sidonia images that I'd laid on his uh, office floor, and he looked at me and he said, but Dick, if this was real, it would be on television, which means for the, even the in crowd, they need to see it on a screen to acknowledge at a deep interior level this is the real
1: reality it's hidden in code see James well wait 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 or- Go,
0: going back to your question do they know what they're doing or and this is my favorite you know metaphor Yeah. obviously First i second. i presume you've you've been a a star trek fan right oh yeah definitely. okay we are at the bottom of the hour so when we come back i'm going to uh, tell you a Star Trek story which feeds directly into this. My guest this morning is David Sarita. We're having a hopefully understandable, uh, very mathematical, multidimensional conversation about something which is crucial. Are we literally living in the ruins of an ancient designed solar system? Stay tuned. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
2: Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs nine ninety five a month, 33 cents a day. Thought Radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The Other Side of Midnight.com.
0: back, everyone, on this Saturday night, grading the next half hour into Sunday morning here in the Land of Enchantment. My guest this morning is David Sarita, and we're having a really remarkable romp through a pattern set, which, if it's not artificial, it means that, you know, a thousand monkeys, really all randomly typing on typewriters, can produce the Encyclopedia Britannica which I don't believe for a second. David?
1: So let me finish on this James Bond picture because you're not going to believe that this ties in, this number 216A, which is 432 middle A, one octave down. To, to move an octave, you just divide by two to go down and multiply by two to go up for your frequency. So David Fravor, Commander Fravor on the Tic Tac incident on the Nimitz, which is, I think, 2014, Described on the radar that they saw a UAP jump 60 miles in one second. A lot of people miss this, how freaking fast that is. Because 60 miles a second times 60 seconds in a minute, right, times 60 minutes in an hour is 216,000 miles an hour.
0: And hold it, hold it, hold it. It's also the exact diameter of the moon in English-British miles. The moon is part of the designer solar system. And, in fact, uh, when you're done, when you reach a stopping point, let me show you some data to prove that to the skeptics in our audience.
1: So when you, when you see a UAP jump, a harmonic miles per hour, right, when, when you see it as a harmonic of 216, which is 432, which is the the perfect I mean we tune our music to A440 today and 432 is superior everybody who listens to 432 music can tell you it's superior so you can still move up and down your octaves inside 432 and then 216 is one octave down so why well, wait wait do wait, like wait, wait.
0: again let me interrupt all the mathematics and geometry of the Giza plateau is based on 432
1: exactly Right. And it works the, the, it works in, there's mysteries in the metric. And again, a, a kilometer is, so if I is times the golden ratio, 1.6, which is still Fibonacci's uh, ratio. If mm-hmm. you go in the sequence, one of the two of the numbers, I think it's 13 and eight are one to 1. 1.6. So 13 divided by eight, uh, uh, sorry, 13 divided by eight. Is one to one point six two five. So anyway, bi I'm I'm getting really too precise here. But why did the UFO jump a harmonic in miles per hour? People think about it. It's your and now Richard's saying that two sixteen number is is a harmonic of our moon. See the designer solar system. I mean, we're not just giving you one piece of evidence or or a couple of coincidences. It's over and over and over and over and over again.
0: All you, have to, all you have to do, and of course everybody now with the internet can do this in the comfort of your own home, as the old uh, Frigidaire commercials used to say. Nobody needs to be ignorant about these patterns. Now, let me tell you what I think the TikToks were doing, or Tic I think of them as TikToks because it's about time as well. If we're looking at benign good guys – that don't want to freak out the planet that are doing a long runway to kind of introduce themselves through the standard bureaucratic process that they're here. Remember the the little girl in Poltergeist? They're here. How better would you do it than to introduce those folks whose eyes can see and whose mathematical calculators can calculate the very means of our imprisonment and our liberation which is the physics coded in the whole damn solar system from the beginning of our experiment?
1: So here's another one, and this is this is another mind blower. So in the end of Revelation, when the cubic city of God, which is this a crystal
0: barrel glass cube in the sky,
1: right. It comes to if you do the math, exactly fifteen hundred miles. You know this is mind blowing because on a
0: Mercury, side, on 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 a side,
1: on a side. So if you take if you take Mercury's um, diameter, it's three thousand miles. But if I want to draw Mercury as a circle and square the circle, I take the radius squared, so it would be fifteen hundred miles squared. Which is the cubic city of God? <laughs> so th- times pi. And get- you
0: and you know what a cube is?
1: It, it's a it's a it's a hexagram. It's no,
0: a- that's in that's in two dimensions. As in, two. in three dimensions, it's two right. interlocked double tetrahedra. Tetrahedrons, right? Which have right. A, a rupture points in a sphere of nineteen point five.
1: So there's your cubic city of God, which is a perfect – I mean, Mercury is almost exactly 3,000 miles diameter, so its radius is 1,500 miles. That's the measurement that the cubic city of God comes into. So why is it a perfect you know, pi r squared of Mercury, like a perfect function of Mercury? Because we live in a designer solar system. Because we live in a designer solar system, and God... Which which
0: was a hyperdimensional machine, which someone deliberately tried to break, and that's why life on Earth nowadays, for most people, is a living hell. We should not be in this place, in this condition, and we need to get ourselves back to the garden.
1: That's the big. That's the big one. It should have. It should be a restored harmony.
3: Mm-hmm. It, it has
1: been. It has been knocked out of order. And when when the system goes out of order, because every planetary movement, every planet frequency, I, I've calculated all the frequencies of all the planets in the solar system, and I've found another remarkable um, um, revelation is that each planet has a twin. Jupiter and Saturn are twins. Mars had a twin, but it's in the asteroid belt, therefore it it was destroyed. Earth's twin is Venus. Mercury should have a twin, and it's probably the cubic city of God because they're perfect functions of each other. And when you look at your twin planets, like, like Uranus and Neptune are twins. Now, going back to your when you really when you really look at mercury and, and neptune are very much alike jupiter and saturn are very much alike earth and venus i mean bluish cloudy planets from space very similar you go back to your item 3 where else do we see this anywhere in the exoplanet research we've done where else do we see anything like this system and how rare is
0: well Earth. i'm i've got more data that was going to go in the new book <clears throat> after we get the mars book out we're going i'm going to do a book on the moon which basically you're going to tackle head on with the moon as the prime example we live in a designer solar system and elon musk and his nine artists are going to confirm it for us at the end of next year just around the time we're going to elect the most important president in the history of the country if not the planet Remember everything, everywhere, all at once.
1: Everything, yeah. I know. I was watching that movie. So, your item four again. When I was watching this, and I and they they have more data on the UAPs than the public does. The public, you know, when Michio Kaku tells you the speed of these UFOs, he's way off, right? We're at two hundred sixteen thousand miles an hour. That's data from David Frayhor. The the UAPs that were jumping from above 80,000 feet to sea level in um, 0.87 seconds, or was it 0.78? It, it came to just under 66,000 miles an hour, right? So what if, if it was a linear speed and not a jump,
0: right. which it was a and jump. And not a jump.
1: And yeah. It's the same with the 216,000. I doubt it was a linear speed. It was a jump in time at a perfect harmonic of the 216 which is a function of the four thirty two. So going back to your item four, which was on May thirty first, twenty twenty three, planned in twenty twenty two, would have been Jesus' Ascension Day for twenty twenty two to ninety nine point eight percent accuracy to that date. Um, I was watch, I was watching the conference and it's like I was saying, you know, you guys are bearing data, you're bearing data, but in the end, they they were willing to compromise that these UAPs were coming from somewhere in the solar system and they didn't know where, and they they couldn't possibly imagine them living on Venus or Mercury. So where the heck are they coming from? We can accept that they're in the solar system, so we're going to expand our sensors in the solar system. Well, that that covers a
0: multitude of sins because obviously they've seen, look, my assumption from the beginning when I got into this, which is good grief, 40 some years ago, was that I was not the smartest kid on the block. If I could figure this stuff out, NASA, with its essentially infinite resources and the ability to get anybody to work for them by giving them keys to the candy store and only saying, but you can't talk about it. If you talk about it, we take away your keys and you'll never get access again. I mean, that, that's probably how they got they seduced Sagan if if there's an in crowd and an out crowd back to your question do they really know this is a physics or as i promised before the break does it follow the model of one of my favorite star trek episodes from the original season original series which was called a piece of the action remember piece of the action where the enterprise no. comes up upon a world which has this eerie a geopolitical model of the 1930s Al Capone mobs against each other in the um, Prohibition Wars. And they beam down and they find that there has been cultural contamination that a previous Federation starship crashed on the planet or that the, the guys had to beam down because the, the starship was about to crash. <clears throat> and they brought with them a book which was a historical uh, you know, document detailing the 1930s Al Capone culture of mobs against each other, the Valentine's Day Massacre, Bonnie and Clyde, the whole nine yards. And they had this book enshrined in their central governmental you know, house, White House, you know, palace, whatever, and they would quote from the book. So if our guys, the best and the brightest, don't realize this is a real physics and they're looking at it only as a textual ritual recipe, a prescription, a sacred book, and they're doing their rituals according to the book, but they have no idea what they're really doing, it still fits the model, which is NASA cannot go to the men's room without doing a ritual.
1: Exactly, like even the mission Artemis to the oh moon. Oh my like, God! Ah. I mean, how much of NASA is is, is sim- symbolic of the Greek gods? I mean, of course, Apollo, right? The Apollo missions, the god Apollo and Artemis. Why do they keep doing this Artemis over and over again?
0: Artemis is his twin sister,
1: the goddess of the moon, yeah. right? She's yeah. she, and of the hunt and war. Why do they keep on doing this? Do they know something? Do they know that the Greek myths are not myths, that these, these gods and goddesses live somewhere else in the solar system? You could go as far well, as... Well, I would say they could live
0: anywhere, except the 800-pound gorilla. Once right. you've solved wormholes and you know warp speed, they could be on the other side of the damn Milky Way, and they could be here for lunch. You're not exactly. limited by conventional relativity, which frankly I think is a trap. I think it was a very elegantly laid trap by the Nazis to keep us in prison.
1: I know, and that's, that's again, what the, what the Gnostic gospel called the Apocryphon of John says. It's very, you know, it's very you, interesting. You just, said,
0: you just said Gnostic gospel, not Nazi gospel, right?
1: Yeah, the Gnostic Christian gospel called the Secret Book of John, otherwise known as the, the Apocryphon of John – actually states that when this is really interesting story of the, of our creation. And this is Jesus speaking to John post resurrection during the 40 days. So when he, when he resurrected at Easter, he, he, he hung around for 40 days, which would have taken him to 139 days from January 1st in a, in a calendar year. Right. So that's our 139, but he appears to John and he tells him the story of our physical creation which is very different from the way we read Genesis. And in this story the supreme god is an infinite being it's not a person. It's not a man sitting there on a throne with a name Yahweh. Like that's that's, that's fabricated. Yahweh just means I am, the supreme I am infinite um, it's like the Hindu atman which is the which is the paramatman or the the supreme universal self. Which then gives birth to deity, personas, or, or gods and goddesses, who then create this monster of a beast. Um, his name, he goes by many names, Yalta, Beoth, um Sakhala, he has a lot of different names, and he claims to be God, but isn't really God, but he claims to be God, and he's a warfaring God, a very powerful being, and this being then ordains a bunch of smaller god goddess deities to make the human body but while he's making the human body the 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 recalibrated human from the you know the the neanderthal species you know theory in zechariah Sitchin's work it fits in perfectly with this that this new man-woman was going to be a worker slave for this Yelta Bayoth and his armies of, of warfare and gods, but the Supreme God puts this luminous seed in each and every one of us called the epinoia, which in Greek means in ancient Greek means light or luminosity. So when we're created, we suddenly you're not going to believe what what it actually says in the scripture, it's really concurrent with what we're talking about. We're we're suddenly can think better and we're, we're more intelligent than Yalta is himself, and he's outraged. And by because the humans could surpass. Now wait, what?
0: What, what textual legend is this?
1: This is called the Secret Gospel of John, otherwise known as. It was found in Egypt in 1945. Ah, okay. Right, in among the Nag Hammadi texts, I've, I've read these things. So, th- so these Gnostic. are part
0: of the so-called Gnostic Gospels.
1: Right, which are which are real Christian gospels.
0: Yeah, of course they were. The, 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 they, early... were the, the, the so-called canon, you know, one from column A, one from column B under Charlemagne, and that Council of Nicaea, they just picked and choose what would support their storyline, having little regard for what really happened and what folks really believed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And And Jesus... In this, in, this, in this appearance of Jesus, he's shining like the sun, and he's appeared to John, and he tells, he tells them, after we were physically created and we became superior to the chief demigod, which would be the equivalent of us becoming more intelligent than Zeus, because this character really is one and the same as Zeus uh, Jupiter, what happens is we are cast to the lowest region of matter itself it does not say we're we're thrown on a planet we're cast to the lowest region of matter itself is this is that there's a code on the atom itself mm. that takes us into a lower hyperdimensional state rather than the hyper, the higher state that we should be in so that so that the fulfillment of this seed It's hiding in every one of us has to be awakened, and that's the process of becoming illuminated, becoming awake.
0: Well, remember, another part of our model is if we live in a designer solar system, and way back when, it functioned perfectly as a hyperdimensional platform for the development of consciousness, high consciousness, and then somebody came along, or maybe it was the Civil War, and one faction, you know, beat the other over the head and try to destroy the system of physics that would guide consciousness to a higher level. In other words, basically defanging it, destroying it, limiting it, putting it in a, in a, in a, in a prison. So it could not compete with the higher frequency beings, etc. In other words, this gets very complicated, but we've got kind of bits and pieces of mythology which backs up this idea that we see now in these numbers and in the solar system. If we just look around, let me go and point to my item number five. Okay. uh, Everybody needs to know how to get there. You go to the other side of midnight.com click on tonight's banner for uh, July 8th, And that will take you to the guest page. Click on my name under the duplicate banner on that page. That will take you to my items. Scroll down to five This is a comparison of a South Korean unmanned photograph on the right and a color image of the moon taken from an unmanned version of the Artemis Orion spacecraft launched late last year on the left. And what you see is something so incredibly anomalous that I'm still stunned that no one except us is commenting. Because it's obvious that two separate space programs in two separate nations located literally halfway around the world are photographing and publishing exactly the same phenomenon, which is this incredible scattered glass dome covering the entire moon, which is best seen at the edge because you're looking through the longest what they call optical path length and the scattering, which causes the bright ring is bouncing the light of the sun back to the camera. Two separate missions, two separate countries, two separate political systems, two separate space agencies, two separate technologies, and they all see the same thing except one sees in color. Then you go to number 6. This is from Apollo 10 back in 1969 in May. And what we might want to do, David, is to look up the actual date, because they may have launched it on one of these ritual dates, because Mm -hmm. I know the numbers of the mission are all hyperdimensional. Anyway, this was a, a mission to basically test the Apollo 11 landing for July, and it went into orbit, and then they separated the lunar module from the command module and then came back together, and they did everything but land. And this is a photograph taken from the uh, orbit of the uh, lunar module when it passed 50,000 feet over the front side of the moon and took photographs looking sideways as part of a whole sequence 4810 4811 4812 13 14 15 16 all the way up through 4822 I think. And what 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 are you seeing there? above the curved, obviously hard reality of the airless moon. Structures. Why is all that geometry there?
1: Exactly. Because you're looking at the
0: damn close-up of the geometry you're seeing at the edge of the moon as a ring all the way around the circumference. And then if you go to number seven, this is a close-up of the towers, which you see in number six. Right. And, of course, it's all glittering glass. It's incredibly eroded. It's a pale, 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 almost non-existent cigarette smoke density of what used to exist there. But if you don't look at these images, even Holger, Holger, are you paying attention? Look at these images and realize this is the closest data point we have to the fact that we live in a designer solar system starting with our own moon and there's a whole bunch of people going to go there in the next 12 months they are going to blow the doors off this because they're all going to be carrying cameras, binoculars filters and they will have access to Twitter because the guy masterminding the mission owns Twitter himself Elon Musk yes that's, so why, that's why he bought we Twitter. Have, the only we reason have. he bought Twitter is so when these pictures come back from his astronauts, his civilians, his tourists, his dear moon folks, men and women, there's no way the deep state can censor them because he owns the deep state by owning Twitter.
1: It's amazing how little Elon Musk has said about the UAP investigation. Because it's, oh,
0: all, it's all designed to keep him focused on the soap opera and ever, all his enemies so they don't realize what he's really doing. But I'm not going I born. mean, look at
1: this. It reminds me of aluminum glass, right? Because we can make aluminum glass. Glass yes. is hard as... Remember
0: late. that great sequence makes- in, in Star Trek where Scotty is looking for, you know, transparent aluminum?
1: Right. And, and the...
0: Now we've the got technology. it. They the are able to produce transparent were,
1: aluminum. The tablets of Moses were sapphire, and sapphire is aluminum oxide. Um, oxide. So, I mean, it's all—it all just ties together. When I'm looking at these structures, I'm looking at the angles. I mean, there's no question that that is there. That's. Do you not- want to hear
0: what the skeptics claim? When I brought this out back in the 1990s and published it first, mm-hmm. they claimed these were scratches on the Xerox machine when the photographs were copied. (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) They're not, you know, I'm I'm a, i am I was, you know, when I went to school, I became a master black and white photographer. I I know film the old way so well from different emulsions to the grain of, of the emulsion and different ASA grains. Like nobody sees that anymore today. And there's many times when you're doing low-light-level you, photography in the old days, you're going to be using high-grain, high ASA film, like 800 or 400. This is in and, the dark ages, like 20 years ago. Right. And so, so don't think that because you're seeing a blown-up section of a highly-grain image, which is low-light photography, so you no, have no, 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 you, no.
0: You're, you're not looking at grain. You're looking at the... Spect glass surviving in the matrix.
1: Oh, no, I, I get it. That are and scattering I, sunlight. Oh, no, that does not look like 69. grain. I agree, Richard. That does not look like film grain because yep. film grain is uniform. It, and these little dots, these little white dots, which are reflections, are not uniform. So that's not film grain. Nope. Hey, we're at the bottom of the hour. Okay. My guest this morning, David Cerrita, we're having a hell of a romp
0: through the outrageous, extraordinary, insane idea that we live in a designer solar system. And what follows from that? Well, stay tuned.
3: Do this
2: The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional timescale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs, 9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Listen while you travel, or as an environment for your endeavors. Eight cents an episode, two and a half cents per hour of content. The other side of midnight.com.
0: And welcome back everyone to the other side of midnight We have passed the witching hour here in the land of enchantment It is now officially Sunday morning The 9th of July My guest this morning is David Sarita And we're kicking around from very many different perspectives Mathematical, textual, religious, traditional, legends uh, Secret societies, you name it We've covered it, and we'll cover it in the next uh, hour even, even further. The idea that we live in a deliberately designed system of planets and a star and moons and rings, which originally was designed to accentuate and amplify human consciousness in some kind of either controlled experiment or maybe an effort to to develop more advanced beings in 3D connected to higher dimensions and then something horrific tragic horrible happened and someone tried to destroy it and with it us and we have been slowly over millions of years Climbing back up to some semblance, some intimation of the kind of knowledge that we once wielded as gods of the solar system.
1: Continue, David. So I want to just point out to everybody: this is Tesla's birthday, July. The 9th. Oh my! It, it it it's it's nine ten because they don't actually know exactly, but. On half the planet, it's July ninth, and half the planet, it's July tenth, right? And he dies on January seventh, which is our oh Orthodox Orthodox Christmas. Day. We were talking about that number <laughs> yep. earlier. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So when I go back to your image again, I'm a black and white photography expert. That is not film grain, because film grain 800 ASA is really grainy. Is uniform. Your your geometries. Don't I've never seen anything with light reflection in all my years of developing film that can produce geometries that have nice angles like that. I can see the, the, these very tall, you know, geometric. Structures well, you can here. actually
0: see that the the on, on number six, it's three dimensional.
1: It's absolutely three dimensional. The uh, towers
0: There's on the left things. are closer to the spacecraft. And you can see that the, the frequency pattern, the waves, vertical waves of like pillars of light and dark, light and dark, they get closer and closer as you move to the right in the picture, meaning they're moving or they're, they're visually in terms of perspective farther away from the camera in the spacecraft, which is orbiting 60 miles above the surface of the moon. I don't know how anybody looks at this and and doubts for a nanosecond that the moon has this Staggering, extraordinarily advanced ancient structure around it, except it's the, it's the mental limitation of people who think, well, there's no way we could do it, so nobody else can either. Talk about hubris. Talk about the, the stupidity.
1: Thing, experiments have been done on, on low-light sensitive ASA films where you can expose it to nuclear radiation, and you'll see the, the radiation will go right through a black box and expose the film. So some of what we're seeing here could even be a little bit of radiation because I see one thing kind of curving, some things streaking by. Uh, they, they could also be mi- micro-meteoric dust. It, it, there's a lot of possibilities. But film is sensitive to invisible wavelengths of even nuclear radiation. So this is a Well, really there's probably some
0: cosmic ray streaks, but remember the, the sensitivity of this film was pretty low. And I'm amazed I was able to get this out of it. Now, what I did way back in in the mid-90s when I started on this quest after Mars uh, is I ordered the same Apollo negatives from several different NASA centers to see if I got the same results from it being stored at Goddard or in Houston or at the Smithsonian or at JPL and Lo and behold, I did. So the fact that we're getting the same results from different laboratories that were part of the NASA infrastructure back in the uh, uh, 90s, to me, and I've got the receipts, uh, because what we would do, we would order negatives, have the the, the laboratories send them out to a commercial lab, um, develop dupe negatives, and then send me the negatives. And then I would take the negatives to a, uh, a very high-end photographic commercial company in New York City, uh, and have them print out on huge, like 16 by 20 or 48 by, you know, whatever, uh, enlargements. And then I would make sectional digital copies from those super enlarged versions of dupe negatives from NASA from different centers, all of which is going to be in the new book. moon book, because we have overwhelming evidence of the reality of something so striking, so obvious, and so close to us that we only got about a year window before everybody's going to know what's around the moon and what it means for the rest of the solar system, and uh, hopefully they'll be learning by reading the book,
1: our new book. If not, if NASA. As a, as a consequence of the May 31st conference is going to expand their sensors in the solar system, that would include the moon and Mars and Mars being the fulcrum from the number 591, 19.5 in the reverse of the solar system and the pyramids on Mars. I mean, if Mars had a civilization as long as it goes, we think, I mean, I was, lo- I was watching this new documentary yesterday on on the new pyramid discovered in Egypt and how far under the surface layer of the soil they had to dig before they found something. And when I look at the structures on Mars that we can see the remnants of in the geometry of the way light displays itself and also the face on Mars, I would think there's a lot of, debris from wind storms on Mars. We, we, we know there's windstorms on Mars all the time. So that if you see something that looks like a face and a pyramid, and you remove the debris, it's obviously going to be far more perfect. We can't think anything that old. In, well, that in, in takes perfect.
0: us elegantly to my number eight. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a picture which I, I guarantee you 99.99% right. of people have never seen. This was taken in the fall of 2002 by the uh, Mars Odyssey spacecraft with a camera called Themis, which is a NASA acronym, and I don't remember what it means, under the control of a guy named Christensen and another guy named Malin uh, at the University uh, of ASU, Arizona State University, who had the NASA contract to develop uh, the cameras.
1: It is the goddess of personification of justice and divine order. Exactly,
0: exactly. Not an accident. Again, ritual, ritual, ritual. So this is a unique image of Sidonia. The top feature is the face, the face on Mars. The bottom feature in the right is a temple, a stunning artificial glass-enshrouded temple under an unknown state of erosion. And what you're seeing is the only dawn image, actually pre-dawn, this was taken probably uh, Mars rotation, Mars day, maybe half an hour before sunrise. And the light is coming from the east. So the right-hand side of the face is illuminated. And the right-hand side of the incredibly geometric architectural structure Uh, so-called MESA, to the southeast. East is to the right of the image. And you can see that on the right-hand side of the face, as the dawn is coming up, there's all this glittering, highly, incredibly reflective geometry, which should not be there, and which this is the only public record of NASA ever taking and releasing this particular sun angle and what's stunning is how much brighter the structures sticking up are than the surface because the surface is getting skylight from overhead and the structures are getting um, pre-dawn illumination of the atmosphere to the east even before sunrise and I took Robin uh, many years ago to the Grand Canyon to sit on the rim there at El Tabar on the southern rim, and have her watch what happens to the mesas in the middle of the canyon as the dawn comes up in the east. And I guarantee you, it looks nothing, zero, like what you're seeing in this stunning Mars Odyssey Themis image of Sidonia on Mars pre-dawn.
1: See, yeah, and you're right. The the fact that it's capturing the light means its elevation is yeah. considerable above the surface. And what really interests me about Mars and all your early- Look at the symmetry Mars, of the face. Oh, you know. See,
0: Cynthia, if you roll to the very top of the homepage, you know, we've got some of Kinthia's computerized artwork to compare to the uh, digital artwork of, of NASA people like Mark Carlotto. And then we've got her clay model which show that the face was artificial long before any digital models were created, but we never had a Dawn image to work with. So she modeled it as a sculpted piece of rock. Whereas in fact the face and the other so-called Mesa are incredibly honeycombed, hollowed out artificial structures, arcologies built by the same level of super technology that put a dome, a glass dome, all around the moon and set the spacing of the planets in terms of this star, this sun, to amplify the physics for consciousness on three worlds, on Earth, on Venus, and on Mars. And of the three experiments, the only one that's still ongoing is us guys here on Earth.
1: And where did you find 19.5 degrees on Mars? Didn't you find that? in Oh, it's the, in the map experiment? all
0: over Sedonia.
1: Over so again, and over that, and over the, again. The
3: fact
1: that, that, that 19.5 is over Sedona, which, which is 591 in reverse, confirms that Mars was originally at 591, 19.5. That's what I would think. So and it drifted because of the war. You know, that the, means if it's the fulcrum of the designer of the solar system, the the remnants of the civilization of the the being gods or whatever you want to call them. I don't call them gods. They were God. based. They were based there. They were. No based no no no
0: no 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 no. They came there.
1: They came there. They
0: did not originate there. They came there. No no. There. I'm not
1: saying they originate there. Yeah. They, that was their base. And well, the remember the old
0: 800 pound gorilla joke. Where does an 800 pound gorilla sleep? Anywhere it wants to. (laughs) Remember, if Mars was a satellite of planet five, these guys may in fact have originally originated on planet five and then migrated as refugees after the war when planet five was destroyed and Mars would not suffice because the physics of where you live determines the level of consciousness That you exhibit. In other words, if you turn down the physics, you turn down consciousness, intelligence, brains, smarts, connectedness. You make a very brilliant culture very, very dumb.
1: And that would explain why Mars lost its twin. Because all the other planets are twinned. You know, Venus and Earth. And and you know, we don't have to speculate, David.
0: I mean, tonight we're basically sitting on Earth. We have some fragments of ancient texts because the, uh, um, uh, what do they call that? The uh, not apocalypse It's basically where they go through and they comb everything out and then destroy it. You know, the, the basic book burning that <clears throat> is now being advertised again today by some really crazy people in our American society. It happened millions of years ago. So we're basically left on earth with fragments of our real history. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang yep, on. Yep. Where do we go to get in touch with the real history of who we are and the solar system as it was back then? There are two known places, I can tell you tonight, that we're going to find the libraries of what happened. One is on the moon, and the other, of course, is on Mars. And on Mars, it's at Sidonia. Obviously, on the moon... I believe it's at the South Pole, and I believe that's why uh, Artemis, the new NASA, returned to the moon, and all the other nations going to the moon, like the Chinese, like the Japanese, like the Israelis, like the Brazilians, like the South Koreans, they're all going to the South Pole because that's where the libraries closest to Earth still can
1: be. And the Greek god of war is Ares, and that's Mars again. So why? I mean, I mean, again, how a myth actually migrates and and transforms through the period of time might have started with something so plain and obvious that there was a war at Mars and Mars's twin, which which you're saying was destroyed and that could be the, the remnants of in the asteroid. Well, I,
0: No, no, no. The, the planet 5 was not a twin. Planet 5 was probably a super Earth. Remember, we've well, now... Mars
1: would have been like an Earth. It would have had... It would Earth.
0: have been a satellite, a moon, but big enough to hold an atmosphere, big enough to have weather, big enough to have cities, et cetera, et cetera, until its primary was destroyed and a huge portion of that planet which Mars orbited was erupted into space by the extraordinary hyperdimensional energies released to destroy an entire world and Mars got smacked on half of it tilted off off axis set freely wheeling in orbit around the sun and is basically a destroyed world where because of the events happening and the raining down of material from planet five probably had Richter fifteen earthquakes from one pole to the other. And it remember
1: each Richter a-
0: scale is a factor of ten higher.
1: So in, in each and these wars were technology that was used oh, yeah, to destroy. Yeah. I mean the solar system would have been a fantastic place to, to be able to travel from one sphere to the other and meet people like real beings, it seems like we are in a prison here, doesn't it? Like we're so alone in the universe. We, All of our planets appear to be empty, although, again, NASA is saying they're going to increase their sensors because maybe… Hell, that's just crap. Come on.
0: They don't need to maybe increase maybe the, they have All they have to do, they've got terabytes of calibrated data showing ruins all over the solar system. All they're so gonna then, do they're
1: lying. All, of been,
0: course they're lying.
1: Of you know and it's, they've been lying all this time. Exactly because tone, because
0: they've, they've been, been keeping little, they've been keeping David the ultimate secret, which is who we really are.
1: And they name everything according to the Greek myths. You know, I'm reading Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey again very slowly and you see these descriptions of Athena shooting across the sky like a meteor holding her staff they all have their staff and their scepter which has some sort of function for them in, in 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 the greek myth and they're they physically are moving in fiery chariots which again can be a metaphor for a craft or a even a a saucer if you will that as a metaphor as that metaphor translated throughout a period of time the the later romans and greeks used uh, staffs that converted into spears and they used chariots right with flaming lightning bolts you know as as a graphic you know on the sides of their chariots to symbolize what they saw
0: well in, in- i would take that with a grain of salt look <clears throat> how do you describe to a neanderthal in f 16
1: that's what I mean. That's exactly how, how, what I mean.
0: How, did, how did Ezekiel describe his visions right. in terms of stuff he was familiar with?
1: And so Ezekiel's even, visions were – it wasn't one vision. He had multiple yeah, visions yeah, yeah. of craft that were, we, that were wheeled craft. There were many vortice wheels. Well, remember, the secret craft.
0: of hyperdimensional physics, which is the control of gravity and inertia, is rotation, rotation, rotation. So, so flying, that, flying saucers look like saucers because that's how the physics of moving, you know, against gravity or between dimensions functions.
1: Yeah, Something has to skills. rotate. And the prophet Ezekiel goes shooting up into a whirlwind, a, a vortex, yeah. right? And you can't breathe above 15,000 feet. I've skydived from 30,000 feet. I know. I'm very experienced physically with what it takes. For I getting-
0: tried to do a radio show. In 1965, when a comet went streaking close to Earth around the sun, and I tried to do it from a light plane at 15,000 feet. When we got back to the studio and they ran the tape, it was unusable because I sounded absolutely smashed, stoned. Oh, yeah, you can't. Because of hyper, hyper, uh, what they call hypoxia, not enough oxygen. And I didn't know it at the time. I thought I was doing great until I listened to the tape on the ground in the studio.
1: Oh, I know. I, I, I trained at Edwards Air Force Base for high altitude skydiving. They tested like 30 guys at, in in a chamber for hypoxia, and we all functioned differently at different oh, levels yeah. of oxygen. Like some of the guys were – Like they gave us one plus one is two. They gave us color charts. And half the guys look like they're dead, <laughs> and I'm 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 in, I'm surviving in the top like 15 percent, and then everything looks spotty and all the colors disappear. You can't see colors anymore. Wow. And it looks like really grainy film, and then you're passed out. Now, when you get above, I, I climb Mount Whitney in record time. I beat the military's posted time there. I did it, and and I forget what year that was, but it's 1449, right? 14,490 something feet. So you're right at the border where you can't, you can't survive anymore. And that last hour, I mean, you think of the guys on Everest, like you cannot survive without oxygen. So not think about this logically when, when Jesus ascended, he was physical. He was not a ghost. He, He ate food. His disciples touched him, and he went shooting up into the sky. And when the prophet Ezekiel shot up into the sky, where did he go? Because you can't breathe above 15,000 feet. He would have to be picked up. He would have to have gone through either an interdimensional portal to another sphere or planet, perhaps our 139 planet between Venus and Mercury, or he was picked up by some sort of wheeled craft and then taken to such a planet in the solar system because why then would jesus describe his return as being from the bright morning star now let's go to the bright morning star for a second because the other morning this just a couple weeks ago i got up at like three thirty, and i see this super bright bright planet on the horizon and i assume it's venus and it's really bright and i get out my giant german binoculars hmm. and it turns out it's jupiter and and so oh, there you go good it was it wasn't so it venus. must
0: be on the other side of the sun from us
1: so a a a a planet that is a bright morning star doesn't ne- that's all the bible says it's a planet that's bright in the morning is all it says we don't even though we call venus the bright morning star and it was actually pythagoras who was one of the first to use that verbiage for venus does not necessarily mean venus it could be a planetary body that appears as a morning planet, shining very, very bright. Um, yeah, it was Jupiter. Um, uh, it was a few weeks ago. So, so bright, like it was spectacular. I got out my binoculars. I could see the moons of, mm. of Jupiter. And did you see spe- any of the cloud belts? Or was it too bright? Uh, no, no. The, the, so you have the Jupiter Trojans. Is that what you mean? No, no,
0: no, no. On the surface, surface, the clouds, the atmosphere. No,
1: I have these huge German binoculars. They're not – it's not a telescope, but I can clearly see the moons. And so what I'm saying is with the model, my my item one and my data in item two, you can clearly see that they're – according to the math and the Fibonacci sequence, it can't be a coincidence about the 139 days. And again, you have a window – some of the ascension dates will line up to 144 days, believe it or not, some of which, depending on the year. But the, the fact that 591, which I'm calling the fulcrum, which is like the middle of the teeter-totter, all the, the bigger planets to the right of that and the smaller planets toward the sun to the left of that, and the, the pyramids on Mars and what you're talking about, planet 5, and how we end up with a pyramid that's 139 meters tall – the Great Pyramid, and we have this number 139 that corresponds to the three most sacred dates, the Ascension date, the Orthodox Christmas Day of January the 7th and August 21st, is, is the true trinity, a, 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 a true the base of the tetrahedron. This is miraculous stuff. The, the, the idea that NASA may know this, that they actually may know this, which is why they Of course this they
0: know this. The question, the question is, they hang on, hang the- on, hang on. The question is, do they know what they know? In other words, is it by the book? Is it is it rote? Is it a ritual? Or do they understand that the ritual relates to a real physics, which can change real reality, and you turn it into a technology, and you are you're the masters of your fate and the captains of your soul? And have they been keeping that secret to themselves, because they think they're the elites, the heirs of the gods, and the rest of us are just, well, we're Lulus, slaves.
1: See, that makes the most sense, Richard. They need to have – the elite have to have a secret. Oh. See, the public can't be stupid here. The, the the If you go to the ancient Egyptian civilizations, the elites had their secrets that the commoner didn't know. It's the same in ancient India, in in the Vedas. The, the, the temple you know the temple you know leaders whatever they named them had secrets that the commoner didn't know. You had to be initiated to know the secret. Mm-hmm. You had to be initiated to know the secret. And I'll tell you another thing that is utterly miraculous. You can if you get out your calculator and you type in the ultimate royal cubit, which is twenty point six oh one inches times the golden ratio you're going to get
3: 33.333. <laughs>
1: so the Royal Cubit times the golden ratio, 20, t- t- times one618 0339887, you're going to get thirty-three point three three degrees. three point three three three. So then again, your highest symbolic number in Masonic wisdom, the angle that, um, that, uh, the angle of entry of uh, Amuamua and, oh my god, I mean, the num- th- this number is, is a master number. So again, you had to be initiated to ah! be in the inside to know the secret. So if NASA knows that Vulcan is a real planet, which is, you know, Star Trek and Spock, is really real, it's not hypothetical, and that the Jesus Ascension planet is a real planet and they know, then they're not going to tell you unless you are initiated. Don't think they're going to tell you that their highest secrets. Richard's right. We're the commoners. They see themselves as the embodiments of the God. I mean, Caesar was, and the Roman Senate believed they were the embodiments of the gods, and the common people should pay their taxes and worship them as such. So when Jesus came along and toppled the entire Roman Empire, they wanted to build it back again. And they had several councils. They had a council at Nicaea, two councils at Nicaea, Hippo in North Africa and Trento in Italy. And when you read your Gnostic scripture and you see what's really going on, they wanted Zeus. They wanted an all-male god. Jupiter, Zeus, Jupiter for the Romans, same as Zeus, one and the same being. Yalta Beoth in the Gnostic Gospels, they wanted an all-male ruler and they wanted an all-male senate and if you read your gnostic scripture it was very balanced between male female in the early christian religion so they again they 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 hid the secrets of the real the real christianity the real christos and the real church and that's why january 7th at 6 one second okay, okay david we we
0: we are at the bottom of the hour so let us pause here. Uh, this is absolutely fascinating. Now, look, if you want to join the conversation when we come back, I will give you a um, a phone number where you can join us. I'm hoping that some of our regular folks like Ron or Andrew or Robert or Bob or Keith, Keith Laney, because Keith uh, uh, Morgan is with us. In fact, Keith Morgan, you need to say something. So when we come back, we're going to bring on Keith to kind of tell you what he thinks of all this, and uh, uh, you're literally at the edge of a whole new, stunning chapter of history, and by my calculation, political calculation, and remember I'm batting a thousand on the politics on this, we're maybe a year away from this all becoming common knowledge. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We
4: shall return.
3: See
2: and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month.
0: And welcome back, to everyone. Last half hour to go here on the other side of midnight on uh, Sunday night now, or Sunday morning and uh, Saturday night melded together. My guest this morning is David Sarita. And uh, somebody says I'm interrupting him too much, but this is a conversation because we have done incredibly complimentary research. And unless I put it in at the right place, it won't mean anything. There, there's a logic to this. David, please continue.
1: No, no, your your interjections are perfect for me, and they're triggers, absolutely. Um, so, Well, I some people want-
0: don't like them, but then that's what makes horse races. So uh, you know, see, I think people have gotten so lazy listening to Art and to George and like a list of prepared questions and the host doesn't know a damn thing about what the guest is talking about. Well, in this case... I happen to know a great deal about what you're talking about because independently, we've been converging on this stunning model from two totally separate directions, and everybody needs to get that. Otherwise, this is pointless to do this. By the way, we have some callers. Uh, When you get to a stopping place, we have some people uh, on Blog Talk who want to join the conversation, which is terrific. So uh, tell me when you want to bring them on.
1: Oh let's bring them on now the only thing other point i wanted to make is that when jesus was crucified and the lightning bolt struck the temple the holy of holies again a lightning bolt is symbolic of the god jupiter or zeus it's, or the indian god indra i mean it's it had to come from somewhere it it, it obviously is a weather phenomenon it, it's it was a physical lightning bolt it wasn't a spiritual one it actually destroyed, there's different versions in different manuscripts that it actually severely damaged the the stone structure and the columns as well as tore the linen fabric from top to bottom, the very thick, like Mm. about four or five inches thick of linen that surrounded the Ark of the Covenant inside of the Holy of Holies. And so therefore, again, I think of a... an actual craft being present and if we go to the the miracle of Fatima in Portugal in 1917 we we also see that whatever phenomenon occurred between the witnesses on the ground and the Sun did not occur for the rest of the planet so therefore it must have been a very large craft that obscured the Sun something like out of Ezekiel to have created a phenomenon like that. So I would say if these vehicles correspond to hidden planets or places in the solar system, we can see now with using the five ninety one and the golden ratio where they are. And 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 they they correspond perfectly to the ascension date of Jesus and planet Vulcan. So I mean I, I love all I don't think anybody in the world I can't think of one radio show in the world that could understand this as as well as Richard Hoagland and and I I, it's an honor to be on your show to present this because I haven't presented this um, in this depth anywhere else. Well
0: hell David it's such an honor to be able to talk to you because Science is based on independent research, which then converges. Right, and
1: and you're the (laughs) 19.5 guy.
0: (laughs) Who knew? And you're the 591 guy through crystal. I mean, Mm -hmm. I am just so blown away because, you know, I hate to break it, folks, but when people die, they don't disappear. I have personal experience. I can't prove it. Uh, I'm going to try, but I can't prove it. But the proof to me is the convergence of what Robin has been telling me in this incredibly artful way she chose to use after she was no longer here. And it so dovetails with your crystal and her modality of
1: telling you the same stuff. I know. And doesn't this prove it? I mean, if you prove life after death, 591 and 19.5 should prove it to people. Because <laughs> it won't. 591 it won't. divided by 1.618 is exactly the number of days on Earth per year.
0: I guarantee but you I that 99.99 people think we're totally nuts. But that's fine. They
1: probably do.
0: Because they're not ready. It, they are not ready, exactly. You know, Remember what, what Christ said about throwing seed on barren ground? The reason that this is all coming out now... The everything, everywhere, all at once model that I'm kind of really, you know, loving is because now's when the physics makes possible people in a low energy environment, a prison planet solar system where we've been deliberately dumb, 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 down, where some of us have a inkling of rising to the level of where we can grok this and it will pattern match and people will say – even if a tiny minority, oh, my God, look at that.
1: Right, and when the math works, when you have a mystical experience and it's mathematically freaking incredible, <laughs> what does that mean, people? It means well, I'm not pulling hairs out of a camel's back.
0: Okay, let us bring Stephen on from Clearwater, Florida. Stephen, you're on the air.
1: Yes, uh, Richard. I was wondering, why did they pick this solar system to, to um, you know, build their, their um, designer solar system? And I'm thinking that if I was choosing a solar system that I wanted to, to, let's say, develop, I'd want a star that is farthest away that has a tendency to be away from other stars. Because if you set up a solar system that had, you know, perfect resonance, you'd want it in a position where there's not a lot of other stars close to you to, per,
0: to perturb your work. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes, and I have an answer. And I found okay. it years ago. I was using a kind of a, a, a kind of a test app that someone sent to me. And I've got to reconstruct my research because the notes got destroyed. But the the, the nasty secret is it's not just this solar system they redesigned. They redesigned whoever they were, our entire galactic neighborhood out to several hundred light years. They were used oh, to be... Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can prove that. I can't do it tonight, but the math is there, the data's there, I know where to look. It's going to be part of the new book, which will follow on the Mars book, because there's two new ones we're going to come out with. The Mars book, it's finally steamboat time on the Mars book that Canthea and the rest have worked so hard on. And then I'll follow that with a book devoted to the moon as the key to the whole designer solar system idea. And I will by that time have uh, found this research, which shows pretty conclusively to me that not only did we live in a created neighborhood But the war encompassed the neighborhood. In other words, we, in fact, could still be in the war, but we just don't recognize it. And some of the Mm -hmm. folks showing up could be our friends, and others could be, quote, the enemy or the folks that try to do us in, destroy our link to higher dimensions, and leave us with the illusion that when we die in three dimensions— we disappear. And David, in my totally independent first-person experience, says categorically, that is just not true. It's more fake news. Hmm.
1: Right. You see, when you understand well, that – when you actually make contact with the energy part of you, right? So if you, if you look from the moment you were born – to the, to the age you are now, who's been looking through your eyes and feeling everything? Everything is changing. All the events in your life are changing, but one thing remains the same throughout your whole life, through all the vicissitudes, is you. You're, you've been there through all of it, and the fact that yeah. But wait, wait, David, David, David,
0: is it the same you, or is it an evolving you? Because I know I did not have these ideas or thoughts or data or inclination or anything you know 30 40 50 60 years ago
1: right but it's it's the purity you're right here we are evolving but but we're the energy part of us and what, what physics knows today is information does not it cannot be destroyed right so if you think of the information now that goes that
0: goes back to stephen hawking i think now right so and handy black holes remember stephen hawking's the big guy on black
1: holes right so if if the information part of us can be proven to survive the passing of the organism and you can prove that in physics then therefore what we're saying to receive a message from our other half on the other side of the of the universe but the fact that my other half gave me this number you know if she didn't give me the number 591 we i wouldn't have any of this i wouldn't have the 139 i, 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 would... I,
0: I still am blown away that it's the exact reversal of 19.5 19.
1: 5. which proves its position is right near mars right it proves... well
0: look at statistically if people are listening to us and thinking that we're basically smoking some really good stuff and they want it <laughs> how did we both independently arrive at the mirror imaging of the core physics, which is the key to solving
1: all of this, all of this. But, that's, but that tells us something even deeper. That from their per- perception, they're in a mirror dimension of us, as above, so below. That's in what the I mirror, mean, yeah. See, when you look in the mirror, you see yourself in reverse. You don't see yourself the way other people see yeah. you, right? So we're so used to in the mirror, oh, that's what I look like, but it actually isn't. They see you in reverse. Yep. So. Five ninety one, nineteen point five in reverse. I am
0: still astonished that I didn't see that.
1: See actually the guy wrote me and, and he's the one who figured it out, but I, I it came back to me tonight when I was when you were talking about nineteen point five and I'm looking at five nine one and I'm going, Well, we that's how we see each other in the mirror. Nobody sees themselves the way But
0: we've got physical them. structures on Mars. <clears throat> that are saying this is the reality that we're living with, and something horrible happened, and we got – remember that great scene in Superman 1, the Phantom Zone? Mm-hmm. What do the texts say about somebody being deliberately smashed from heaven to live in equivalent of the Phantom Zone, being confined here?
1: Right. Well, that's, that's the secret book of John. That yeah. They the God, who's equivalent to Jupiter, Zeus, the Alta Bayoff, got angry that the Supreme God, who's an infinite being, illuminated us to be smarter than the one who created us. Well,
0: wait, wait. So, is he really Is he most- really God, or just as uh, you know, Scotty said to Kirk, a tin-plated delusion of Godhood? In other words, I think we've been at the hands of pirates pretending to be God, thinks Stargate SG-1. And ninety nine point nine nine five percent of folks have bought the, the lie and the keys to figuring out the reality have been withheld from us, so the lie has been perpetuated for pun intended, God knows how long.
1: Well let's see Jesus in John eight forty four is telling the Jews, You've been worshiping a murderer and a liar. Yes. That's what he says. Who tortures? John- John eight forty four a jealous and an angry God who's been a murderer and a liar from the beginning. That's John 8, Does that sound like God? And then they start throwing rocks at Jesus. So what is he saying? You're, you're, you're worshiping somebody who's been lying to you. It's not really God because God is not a
0: person. And now we're it's going infinite. through a process culturally, at least in this nation, where a lot of people have no idea how to figure out the truth from the liars, from the pretenders, from the disinformation, from the deliberate fabrication. In other words, the concept of truth is on the ballot in 3D reality next fall. The next election is all about how do you discern truth?
1: Especially when they're hiding data. Like, again, the fact that NASA has used a Greek god or goddess for every single mission, including the satellite Seamus that you just described. And the fact that Vulcan is 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 a mathematical, harmonic, golden ratio, theoretical planet that aligns with the Greek God tells me that we're we're very close to the truth here. We're extremely so close.
0: What was Gene trying to tell us by giving Spock a home world called
1: Vulcan? Exactly, and a, That know, was my I, that, question. Do you have an answer? Uh, well, I, I think because somebody and again, it's these early French astronomers in early, you know, early 19th century that discovered it. Somebody keeps these secrets in a box or in a secret society, a Masonic society and of course they have to have secrets. Don't think they're going to tell you the <laughs> truth. So if you want to know the truth, Facebook can't tell you the truth You've got you've got to start using your head. And and the fact that I got this number from the other side from my, maybe that was my wife's purpose. I actually thought about it. Maybe as painful as it was to lose her and for my two daughters, this was her life's mission complete to give me this number five ninety one to decode the solar system to find the hidden to find the hidden heavens because the end <clears throat> of Revelation tells us there'll be a new heaven and a new earth or new heavens and a new earth, which means they will be rearranged back into their proper order. That's what that tells me. Hey, guess who just
0: appeared in the studio? Who? One of Robin's little minions. A mouse.
1: Oh, my God. It's sitting sitting listening to the show. And right on cue.
0: Yeah, of course. (laughs) Robin loved publicity. I mean, really loved publicity. Hey, Stephen, anything more for us? No, but I was
1: wondering, do would galaxies, could they have Goldilocks areas like the solar system? You know, they say the Earth is in the Goldilocks zone. Right. Could galaxies have a Goldilocks zone? Like, oh, yeah. You don't want to be too close to the center?
0: Okay. Yeah, but see, it has nothing to do with temperature. It has to do with the level oh. of the physics where you are in the right. galaxy. Like if you're in the center, is it intrinsically... Much higher consciousness because the physics at the center of the galaxy, close to the 4 million solar mass Mm -hmm. black hole, is so much higher than we are. And as you get toward the outer boundaries of galaxies, does the physics fall off so that really dumb and stupid civilizations live in the suburbs and the really smart folks, the connected folks to higher dimensions, hang out near the core? Totally great question.
1: Yeah, and also, the fact that we're mainly water, which is hydrogen and oxygen, and and hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe, and and hydrogen can exist at at enormous temperature ranges, means that we, we are a certain temperature, right? Fish can live at 40 degrees just above freezing in a lake. And dolphins and whales, where birds are, actually, it's amazing, I was researching the temperature of birds. Some of them are really hot, like they're like 106 degrees.
3: Do you know there are
0: fish, David, you know there are fish in the Antarctic that actually can live in frozen water, super cool water, below the freezing point of ice? Because they have the equivalent of glycol in their veins.
1: See, the universe can design, like, again, I was talking about this. Well,
0: it may and, not be the universe. Remember, if we're in a designer solar system, is it possible that every species has also been carefully designed?
1: By a designer.
0: By a designer. So
1: but, but, a but, 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 the designer
0: right. that I'm looking at is not God.
1: That's what I mean, though. It's When I say God, it's actually, it's mysterious. It's not a person sitting there going with a with a clipboard and saying, I'm going to change our temperature. But it's, it's the concept of understanding the Goldilocks zone idea is specific to our body temperature. But the very fact that fish can live in ultra cold temperatures and also birds can live at 106 degrees. I mean, that's a fever. Well, can, you imagine, degrees,
0: can you imagine what is living in the oceans of Enceladus or right. Europa? In the exactly. super hyperdimensional field at Europa of Jupiter.
1: See, that's where you get into the, the consciousness that Arthur C. Clarke had in, in 2001 and 2010, and and where did those ideas come from? Did, did he did he tap into? something that is actually a truth, a reality.
0: Well, as someone who knew him very well and knew him to be a very even-tempered, mild uh, narcissist, he loved to talk about himself, and he was so endearing when he talked about himself and his discoveries and his connecting dots and, you know, what he was writing about. It, it was just it was lovable to be around him. He was just a really cool person to know as a friend. Um He left us such clues. I think either he was part of the in crowd, part of the Brookings. We lay this out for everybody and they will grok it and reach a level where they won't freak out when it becomes reality. Or he was a very, very, very old soul whose mission in his lifetime recently was to basically introduce the culture to these extraordinary ideas on a scale that few writers have written uh, realistically about. Uh, all of and moving worlds around, you know, intelligent dogs like Sirius, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the most interesting thing in that long relationship was when I sent him data on Sidonia, and I got the only angry, bitter acrimonious emails back from Arthur I ever got. Really? It was like Sidonia was the third rail, the incendiary, you shouldn't know that stuff, reaction.
1: Oh, yeah, wow. huge, huge. So do you think he was part of the secret society that knew the secrets, and he gave us little tidbits in his... I science.
0: don't know. The honest answer is I don't know. I think it was more visceral, it wasn't conscious, because remember, even people that think they are onto the truth are only onto a fraction, and we're all under this incredible oppression of something that keeps us from seeing the obvious, like uh, you've been talking now about Crystal's 591 message for, let's say, a year, right?
1: No, no, this just happened this past May.
0: Well, all or right, March or, or May. I, yeah, it, well, I have the
1: date. I have the date in the article. Like I have. It, a it's still not just days,
0: days. It's it's months. Okay.
1: It's only been months.
0: Yeah, but when you first presented on this show, months, you know, like when it happened, I didn't realize it was one nine five backwards, and I've been living one nine five for decades. <laughs> so no, am I? Funny. Am I? Am I just stupid, or is there a stupid field? That the bad guys, the opposition, are using this technology, remember, is a technology. Are they using this to keep us all as dumbed down as possible? And the only reason they're losing is because the physics is now peaking for the first time in 26,000 years.
1: And I think that the message is even deeper than we can know. I mean, I I literally did this. I'm going to tell you this, and and I know a lot of you aren't going to believe me, but I transmitted –
0: I think we crossed that milestone many hours ago.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I transmitted the frequency of the 139 Jesus, what I'm calling the Jesus ascension planet, possibly a heaven. And I transmitted the frequency through my coil systems. And I had a nap right after. this is, this is, you know, midday approximately. And I'm falling asleep on my bed, on my balcony. I have this cabana bed on my second story balcony. And I hear a voice call my name, David, it was a male voice and mm. in the middle of the afternoon, bolted me out of my sleep. And I heard a bunch of ancient language that the, the male voice was speaking, which I didn't understand. It was some foreign language. And I got my Starfinder app out and I looked up where the voice was coming from. It was coming between Venus and Mercury in its exact position at that exact time.
0: So wait, wait, how, I, how, how could you tell the direction? How could you tell where it was from?
1: Well, oh, you just get it on your phone. You get this star walk too.
0: No, no, I no, know. no. You hear a voice. How can you tell where it's hiding?
1: Well, because I was, I was lying on my back. I'm in the half in, half out state where you're ha- I'm having a nap. And I hear it, it. You can hear it coming just like if you know where the sound of a bird song is coming from. I could so hear it. So it was a direction. physically
0: directional audio signal coming from the sky somewhere.
1: Right, and then oh. I got my Starfinder, so I opened Starwalk Two and pointed <laughs> it up where it was. It was between Venus and Mercury where it should be, and I physically heard this sound. Uh, again, I know I'm going into an area that's hard to believe, but at the same time,
0: no, it isn't. Not if there are good guys and bad if, guys, if and you the you good guys the math, are trying to throw us a lifeline.
1: Yeah, go to my item two, look at the math, and understand. You know that. The the accuracy is above on average above ninety something percent for all the planets in the solar system. Okay, let me let
0: me ask another question, and we're basically down to three minutes in uh in in tonight. So, Roddenberry created some amazing things, right? One of which was the Prime Directive, which Mm -hmm. basically is a superior civilization does not interfere with an inferior civilization. Because that's that's tyranny, that's authoritarianism, that's mind control. You don't let them develop on their own. So they're rigid, supposedly rigid laws, but that means that's why they don't land on the White House lawn. Does that cover sending clues as math, as geometry, as voices to to give people the physics by which they can, you know, mangling a metaphor terribly, pull themselves up? by their own mathematical hyperdimensional bootstraps.
1: Exactly. I mean, I, I I believe that's how it's done. And I, I believe that's why crystal from where she is gave me this number. Imagine how, again, it's 1.618 years from the moment she died, which is 591 days after she died. So, Imagine that. It gets deeper and deeper. And again, you look in the mirror. So everybody, you can try this. Write 591 on a piece of paper and then put it in the mirror and tell me what you see. And that tells you where she is. She's at 19.5. We're at 591.
0: Yep. Mirror. Again. Mirror.
1: Um, way back. But she's 19.5. When she looks in the mirror, she sees 19.5. Yes. But she puts it in the mirror for me to see and I see 591. Because she's, she's putting
0: and, in... And, and
2: 90 and, seconds.
1: Okay.
0: i uh, got to do that. Okay. We only have 90 seconds left to the show. Hey, David, I want to thank you so much. This has out, outreached even my wild expectations. And once you discover you're in a designer solar system, your expectations are pretty high. I want to thank you. I want to thank our audience. And tomorrow night, we're going to do a kind of a part two because we're going to going to explore this bizarre recent incident of the titan and it's sinking within 1600 feet of the titanic so do not miss this program tomorrow night with uh, christopher knowles and david may be joining us in the third hour so until tomorrow night same time same bath channel remember third star on the left straight on till morning good night everyone